Holy episode 261. My goodness. It has there been a lot of stuff going on in the last 24 hours. Wow. We are, of course, here to discuss the big news that just happened. Fresh off the press. Just dropped. And I'm talking about Roger Federer retiring from professional tennis. Discuss. Really? Oh, I actually didn't know that. Wait, are you trolling? Fucking Google if you don't believe me. That's that's the yeah. biggest international news in the last four weeks. That's a queen joke. Yeah, dude, like I said, like I said, that's, uh, I, I told you we had some big news to discuss and you thought True. I was joking, but you know what? Now that we didn't, now that we're in this bit, I'm committing to it. That is actually huge news. Wow. How he old is he? 41? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he released okay. a four and a half minute video that I didn't bother to watch because I feel Sick. like, you know, you don't need, well, I say you don't need four and a half minutes to tell people that you're retiring, but you know, I kind of just. I kind of wish he would just start with that, you know, when you, when you, when you're going to, I don't know, again, I didn't watch the video because I don't know what, what, at what point he's going to say it, but I watched maybe the first 10 seconds. And if in the first 10 seconds, you don't tell people what the news is, you are just kind of blue balling me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you got to start off with the, with the important things, you know? Yeah. Hey everyone. I love you all. I'm announcing today that I'm retiring from professional tennis. Here's why. And then spend the next four minutes telling us why. Yeah. Don't start off with like, Stuff I don't care about. Say the thing that you need to say straight away is, is my policy. Based. Dude, if I think about it's, it, one of the best tennis players that has won everything over like decades and decades at 41. I think about Serena Williams. I think about arthritis. Like those knees must be fucked. Don't give me. Right. Like the pressure that these knees were under, they probably produced diamonds. Like his. You know, the cap of the bone has to be diamond. There's no other way under this pressure. And like the young force will gonna, eventually understand. I'm, Put a pin I've into just this. Googled I've just Googled heaviest man in the world. John Brower Minock. I don't know if I said the the name correctly. Uh fourteen hundred pounds or six hundred and thirty five kg. Whose joints under more pressure? Roger Federer or John Brower Minock? Mr. Minock probably hasn't stood up in a hot minute. That's think. true. That is also true. But if he were to stand up, and right. he is, by the way, six foot one. This guy, the heaviest man in the world, six foot one. He's actually not alive. I just, I do have to be clear. Person is not currently alive, but I believe is the uh, heaviest person ever recorded. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, might still be Roger Federer, actually. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. Respect. Uh, the only thing I know about. Tennis is that uh, movie that Will Smith was in that uh, he received an right. Oscar for and then got banned from the Oscars for. <laughs> uh, so yep. that's my only connection to tennis. Yep. Um, <clears throat> also, um, there's news about the Queen uh, officially nerfed. We'd actually have the patch notes yet about how far she got nerfed, but you know, um, hopefully enough that we won't see jokes anymore. <laughs> You're fucking terrible. And, <clears throat> um, I'm here to talk about Overwatch. No, no, okay. I, I don't even think we're going to do much banter today because there's legitimately a lot of stuff to get there's through. So, so much. Um, there's so much to get through. So without further ado, episode 261 brought to you by Avril Vista Bebe, Battlecrab, Refine Bean, Bronze Babuha, Picasso, Chris R34444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkshop, Sammy, Rick Zane, Volumon, Spoon Nuts with the YouTube members, I, Sam Jello, William, Jesse, Vishman, Fileman, Sex, AK, and Chris R. Um... Yeah, and, and the reason why we waited to 
bringing out this episode is you know completely coincidental no it was uh, it was, it's because we knew it's because we knew the news was dropping and you're like you know what we're gonna wait we're gonna cover the news it was definitely for that reason um and that news is the big announcements that happened over the last 24 hours the last day just you know i feel like we've been waiting so long um you gigantic game announcements and new information about our favorite sequel modern warfare 2 and <laughs> I knew, you know there's I knew warzone 2.0 no, uh, okay. Well, I okay. I saw that one coming. I I thought saw that one coming. No, no, I <clears> I, I just knew stuff. you. Like you, you gotta like put the heel turn. Like you gotta increase the level of each heel heel turn every episode at least one level. <laughs> That's been a continuous trend in this podcast. And now and then and then we finish talking about Modern Warfare two, and then we don't talk about Overwatch, and we just end the episode. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um. No, that like, like Call of Duty Next event has actually been popping up. I was watching it earlier today, and uh, they've got like 200 streamers. They have my favorite Call of Duty streamer, Tim the Tatman, um, who, by the way, is sufficiently tatted up, hence the name. He's got tats literally everywhere now. Yep. Um, there's a bunch of new game modes. It actually legitimately looks good. I'm actually quite keen for Modern Warfare 2. I'm not even lying. Uh, and um, they, they flexed about how they have hundreds of millions of Warzone players. I'm like, shit, that'd be nice if that was Overwatch one day. Um, people joke about us not having players. We actually have a lot of players, and hopefully, we're gonna about we're about to have a lot more players. Does anyone care about you play a lot of Warzone? Yes, because surely you care about Modern Warfare 2 at least a little bit. Yeah, I can no for sure. Like I don't care about uh, much about COD. Um, to the extent that buying the new COD is always nice because it lets you level guns quicker, so you can pop off in Warzone sooner. For which I'm paying to win and crying zero amount of time. I love pay to win. I love it. Give it to love me. Pay to win. <laughs> Level, uh, like know, I used, pass to, weapons I used to be anti pay to win. Yeah. But that was when I was And you poor. got old? Ah, right. That was when I was poor. Right. You know how like everyone when they go through school and university, they're a socialist, but then they get their degrees and they start working a yeah. job and you're like, you know what I like? I quite like money. I think I might yeah. I might I might just go the other way. I might uh, actually be a capitalist instead. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yep. That's almost like that's like almost legitimately every person I know. They used to be a socialist in university and as they got older they they're now capitalists because they suddenly had money. It's like when I was poor I was a socialist and now when I'm not poor I'm suddenly a capitalist. That's how life works. It's quite funny. It's also like um, when people <clears throat> get children they get vastly more conservative. Interestingly. Yeah. That's the natural way of the world. Okay. Kariko. Joe, you care about modern warfare? Do you like that? I talked about Kariko and then went back to modern warfare. <laughs> I remember playing modern warfare and raging about akimbo guns, and that's at <clears> the <throat> brink or like the the precipice of my memory of modern warfare too. Um, okay. Good time. Uh, I'm happy for the people who are happy about it. Um, yeah, come on, okay. Joe. You were one of the worst kids in the lobby. Like, like in terms of like what? Like boys. because he, I'm gonna say yes to both. In terms of like, boys, I was the worst in aim. I was probably saying a lot of dumb shit. I was probably you know up way too late. Um, <clears throat> definitely couldn't aim. It's me right now. Make that apparent. Did you want to have your room made up by uh, MLG, like refurbished? 
Oh, for her? sure. Yeah, I thought I, I, so I, we grew up like my, me and my normie friends kind of grew up like idolizing like MLG. We would take like friends of mine still have like WoW characters named after like hate, like Halo pros and like WoW pros and Base. stuff like that. So like, Base. so like very much up with the, the Dr. Pepper gaming lounge, refurbishing the rooms and whatnot. Shout outs to, yeah. oh, who's the host? Never mind. I'm going on a tangent. Anyways. You are. Uh, fuck it. Oh, yeah. oh no! Sorry, the, See, no, no, it wasn't Puckett. It wasn't Puckett. Now yeah, people, yeah, now people can't even be annoyed at me because you're the one. Oh <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I haven't even started my three-hour rant me. yet. I think I might do that before we start talking about Overwatch. Um, <laughs> We're terrible. Than... You remember when we talked? You just talked about when people like bury the lead, like of what they were, and then I in my tremendous oh, tennis career, and then like after three, and I'm also retiring. We're doing the same thing right now. <laughs> like, that's meta though. That's meta as fuck. That's the whole point. Why did you think I brought that up? It's a social commentary. It's right. satire. It's good. Jeez. I'm full of satire today. Idiot. We have a new hero. <laughs> the worst kept secret in all of our watch has finally been confirmed. Um, everyone at, by this point, everyone has now seen Kariko's new short, animated short in Spanish. Um, and with. <laughs> With not even the final music, they actually had the cyberpunk music in there, which I respect. Oh, sick. It was the Johnny Silverhand theme was in there. Um, nice. Okay, so we had, we had some real stuff coming through. We had some real legit juice come through. Uh, and the sequel I'm talking about is Uber's having a second baby, guys. <gasps> no, okay. Really? Um, come on, man. He, 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 he is. <laughs> oh, damn. He is. No, so, so we have? had a real... We had a real... I'm actually leaving. I don't want to do this episode anymore. We had a real... <laughs> <laughs> We had a real announcement drop. Look, Plat Chat didn't cover this. I'll do whatever I want. I'm I'm off the I'm I'm on leash He's right off now. The leash. She's unhinged. I'm going rogue. I'm, I'm going plugged. rogue. You you have to listen to us because Plat Chat didn't cover this, so fuck you. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> I also have COVID, so I'm I'm a little loony. Uh I don't know if I I have Same. to take a test. I actually have no idea. New support hero. We already we so so this was like leaked, right? The stuff was leaked. Yeah, it was pretty much hard um, teased by Blizzard. Well, no, I don't. No, Blizzard didn't leak it. I'm talking about the actual leaks. I mean, right. sure. Blizzard leaked the battle pass stuff that people got annoyed about. True. But um, we saw the Fox stuff way early on, and yeah. and now we have some actual gameplay footage. I actually really love this video. Uh, you if Super you're sick, yeah. if you're a, a visual viewer, you are seeing the video right now. If you're an audio listener. Go to play of watch Twitter or YouTube, and you'll you can check out the gameplay video. Um, we'll just keep playing again, keep it on repeat. By the way, yeah, like in the very start of the trailer, right? She deserves to be banned from Overwatch League. I'm pretty sure she's Why? surfing onto this. This Eric, go back, go back to the very start of the. I'm, Who cares? It's kind of it's a that's, deep, it's a death that's match inaccessible no terrain. Like if Winston it's, does that, it's banned. It's like a replay, hundred percent. That's because Winston's not a ninja. Ah, uh, true. Right? See, you have a gun on the phone. So she's, <clears throat> so she's not going to be available. That's another question. I don't know if we're going to get into that, but like, sure, yeah. there, 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 there will be the question of like when and if Kariko will be available to play for the Overwatch League because you have to remember, right. uh, the game of Overwatch Two launching October fourth launches in the middle of the Countdown Cup, literally like two weeks or three weeks into the Countdown Cup before playoffs. So there's a some stuff to think about there but let's just cover the actual news and i'm, I'm not going to just too much speculation here um 
confirmation of the support hero, who she is, what she looks like visually, confirmed that she looks like the actual leak. And if you've seen the leaked short, which uh, don't support leaks, so don't watch it. So if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Don't watch it. If you have seen it, shame on you. Don't watch it again. <laughs> um, but if you did watch it, you sh you probably saw some of the gameplay stuff in there. But you do see the gameplay in here as well in the actual uh, announcement video, the gameplay announcement video. Um, we can sort of cover the abilities as well and what she does because that information actually got released by the player of Watch Twitter. Um, and they've, I'm going to bring that up myself so I can, that. Uh, we can sort of go over what she does and talk about what we think about this hero. So I'm just going to say she's a flex support because when I yes. look at her kit, I'm like, yo, this is, this is flex support city. Yeah. No, way too many mechanics. Holy shit. This, this is, is, this is like shoes going to go to town on a hero like this. Yeah. And God damn. Give me and this, this is not a hero for bad main support aim players. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so you're telling me the Mercy mains are not going to play this hero? Oh, dear. This is, is it, uh, am I wrong in feeling like this is very much like a like Zenyatta school of support? This is a Genji I think she's school way of crazier than Zenyatta. <laughs> she's way crazier than Genji. Sure, Super yeah, not like a one-to-one, -one, but like you, you, you understand where I'm going where it's not like just I, through No, I think she's closer to that. And, I'm, the, and I, okay. I'm not just saying that because of the immortality thing going on. Sure. But like in terms of a hero that has serious damage output where your left clicks do matter, or in this case, her right clicks, whatever the damage output button is, mm -hmm. you can rebind that. That's what it is. I'll probably rebind it. Mm -hmm. Um, is yeah. So she let's talk about what she does. Uh, her her default binding, her left click heals. It's called healing of Fuda. Channel a burst of healing talismans that can seek targeted allies. Um, and you see in the gameplay video, essentially she throws these talisman talismans at her allies. Um, and you can lock onto heroes. And when you just throw them out in the open, they're blue. And when you lock onto an ally, they turn gold and they seek allies and heal them. Right. Um, I, I can't remember if you can heal through walls or not. I, I don't have that information. But um, they are homing. I, I, I've had it explained to me as some sort, of a, some sort of a combination between Mercy, Harmony, and Moira healing. Like some combination of all three of those. Um, okay. Because it does... Like the Moira, I was going to call the projectile. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like a projectile. I mean, P is a projectile at the end of the day, is it not? Um, that's how I look at it when I'm at the urinal. And I do target things specifically. As um, this is what COVID does to you, by the way. You just, you just get really loopy. Um, you do, you, the, 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 the talisman slowly float towards a target and heals them over time. And it's not a fast, it's not a fast heal from what we can tell. It's a pretty slow heal, but it is a guaranteed single target heal that is going to land on a target, which is why people compare it to Mercy and Harmony from Zen. Um, you can also preload or front load the healing from from what we've been uh, we're seeing as well. We're like, essentially, you can because the healing travels across the distance and it's kind of slow. You can just throw the healing at a full HP target. And you know you're sort of front loading the healing so that as they're taking damage, the, the talismans are arriving to heal them, right? So, so kind of like when you used to shoot full health targets as an Anna, just to you know preload the healing. I think that's kind of cool. Um, the really important ability I feel, or one of the important abilities, she's got a lot of important abilities, is the kunai, which is currently bound to right click, throw projectile that deals increased critical damage. Uh, this 
right click currently has the highest headshot modifier in the game. If I'm not mistaken. Really what? what? What it was, I believe, 2.5. This thing is three times critical damage. No shot. That's crazy. Okay, this is definitely yeah. a flex support. No shot it isn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. It's a flex support. So I actually have Dude, damage numbers. And, uh, and, and by the way, this is not a leak from me because EV's already put this out there. Um, uh, it's 40 damage body, 120 head. That's nuts. So two Base. body shots, one head is a kill, or two head shots is a kill for how, normal, how fast for normal is 200 the HP. Throw? You can see in the gameplay video, right. it's pretty quick. I don't, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's hit scan. I don't think it's hit scan, I but it's pretty it. fucking fast. So it's it's not quite hit scan, but it's nearly there. Or maybe it is a scan. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's an extremely fast projectile. Holy shit. If dude. I was to guess, if I was to guess, I would say it's about the speed of a fully charged Hanzo arrow. If I was to guess. Ah damn. Um, but I've also, based on like what OG is saying, assuming that he wasn't trolling, he is saying that it's pretty hard to aim. Like you you're not you're not getting consistent headshots all the time. You do have to fucking have an Insane aim. Jonak's coming back, by the way. Jonak's going to dominate. Mm. Um, Jonak had a tweet about Kiriko. So, I think this kunai is going to be wild. The fact that your damage output can be literally DPS levels on a hero like this is so fucking huge. Um, if you can catch somebody unaware, you can delete them. You can straight oh, up delete for them. Sure. But in combat with people, like, you're not going to, you're not going to, Stop a Genji blading with this thing. Unless you, excuse me, get a lucky headshot, you're not going to like just randomly kill a player. You're not, I don't think you're going to get a tracer here. You'd, ha you'd have to be insane to kill a tracer with this. Uh, anybody with good movement is not going to get hit by this at all. I feel. Um, let's talk about her next ability. This is probably the one that uh, people really are, uh, are focusing on. If there's one ability I think people are very much tunnel visioning on, it's this. Protection Suzu. Upon impact, allies in the area become briefly invulnerable and are cleansed of most negative effects. And I believe it affects her as well, because you can see the sort of white aura come in the screen. Um, and it is, it's like a grenade. It's, you basically throw a grenade, and when it impacts a wall or an ally or an object or whatever, uh, I think the range is similar to an, to an ananade. It, it, to me, looks like the size of a bionade. It makes you invulnerable, and I believe the number is 0 0.75 seconds, so three quarters of a second. You are invulnerable, and you are cleansed of most negative effects. And from what I'm aware of, most negative effects is mainly stuff like anti-heal. Um, what other negative effects are there? Anti-heal, bleed, wound. Um, yeah, could you be cleansed? I was going to say group? stun, but there's like really no stuns left. Slow, slow would probably be cleansed. Yeah. But it won't cleanse an Anna Sleep Dart. Sleep Dart is one thing that oh, will really? not cleanse. Because huh. that's too good. Can you imagine? She, dude, th this hero would completely invalidate Anna. She already does. Like, yeah. you just you just throw this nade on top of the bio, and your just team is just like, you just, you're purple? Okay. Cool. Just, you're just now no longer purple. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so, no, it doesn't cleanse sleep because that would be way too good. Uh, I mean, at that point, Anna's just, you just, just delete Anna's in here if, if she's, if that's what it does, because it's just too crazy. So, oh yeah, dynamite burn. So burn, I mean, burn, yeah, any dot, any burn, wound, dot kind of damage is gone. Um, we saw it in the gameplay video. You can just throw it at your team and just, you just live against a Junkrat tire. Mm. Um, in some cases, it's stronger than Immortality Field. In other cases, it's definitely not as strong. 
because immortality field just lives there and until you kill it it just keeps going right this thing is three quarters of a second like your timing has to be precise as fuck i believe the cooldown's long as well it's a long cooldown i think that's good has to be yeah Yeah, i like that it's a good thing yeah i don't think that's particularly like super overpowered i think for the general player base it will be very hard to use effectively. I think in pro play, it's cra- crazy good, right? Like, that's okay. How often do you necessarily expect someone to time it well? You know, and there's some cool. Pl- like, what I like about it is, is when it works. I think it will be pretty noticeable for allies because, like, imagine like you're Reinhardt and you're getting, you're about to get, or like you're, <clears throat> you're a player, you're about to counter charge. Let's say. Reinhardt, and you get like, what's it called? Uh, End. You no no the the ability pro- protection suzuit. Then you're charging instead of you know counter charging, so knocking into each other. So you're winning that duel based on your Kiriko, you know, being on point. Just realized based on the name, he's like, what do you call it? Suzu me, bro. You give me a Suzu? Yo, hit me with a fat Suz. Hey, yo, got any more of them Suzu? Suz, Suz on three. One, two, three. No, I think I think this kind of invalidates uh, Diva Bomb. It invalidates yeah. Tyre. Actually, yeah. Tyre is a funny one because there's, a, there's some mind games there because you can tie, you can just run Tyre at somebody and try and bait this yeah. thing out. Yeah. Um, so there's some mind games there. Mm-hmm. What else does it invalidate? <sighs> you know well, what? I, I wonder think if it... it removes hack. I wonder if it removes hack. That's Ooh. a big one, actually. That's a. Not, not a bad, not a bad shot. So, um, I think she like in a weird, not a weird way, because I think like if you th- think kind of through it, it makes sense. But I think in like a good year, if we get like another tracer meta, I can see like a good Kiriko like really giving tracers a hard. Time. Oh yeah, because you can invalidate pulse. Yeah, you invalidate pulse. You can reposition. Yeah. Obviously, we'll get to that ability as well. Um, you can threaten with the three times damage modifier. Again, it's very hard to hit, but at the professional level, I'm expecting these guys to be cracked within. The next I, I'm season, if I'm tracer, I'm far more concerned about rushing a Zen with Discord and a kick than than this right click that could maybe 120 damage me, because uh, the Discord is way scarier. I feel like the kunai is not going to be that easy to hit versus like good players that know how to dodge and know how to how to like mm. move. Um, let's talk about the next ability, Swift Step. This is the shift ability. Yeah. Teleport directly to an ally, even through walls. I don't know the exact range on this one. I've heard a di- couple of different numbers. It's like it's like thirty meters or something. Don't quote me on that. I think it's still like. I think they're still working. I don't actually know the range. You have to ask. You have to check like ML Seven or somebody who's actually played the hero. Because those guys went to the Creator Summit, they've actually had hands-on experience on this hero, mm-hmm. so they know like all the actual numbers, and they've been putting out the numbers. So, um, I'm sure Kaku's got all the numbers on a, on a video already. You got you got to like channel that. it though, right? No, you don't. What do you mean channel it? What? Yeah. What do you mean channel, channel the teleport? Shift. No, no, no? You don't. it you looks just, like you channel. It. Need to channel it. No, it's instant. It's instant. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, that that felt would have felt a little clunky, to be fair. Like it, if it wasn't instant. You're telling me she gets a hex flash instead of a flash? No thanks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, no, it's a you instantly teleport. I believe the cooldown is very reasonable. It's it's below ten, but it's like above six. I think it might be like a six, seven, or eight. I think no, I think it's like a seven or eight second cooldown. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's it's 
Because what's Fade cooldown? Fade is, in some cases, I think Fade is still stronger. In some cases, because it doesn't yeah. require you to target anything, mm -hmm. and you can just you can just disappear, and you can jump in the True. Fade. So, uh, in terms of this being a strong mobility tool for support, not as good as Fade, and in some cases, Shield Bash is better as well. In some cases, because Shield Bash can also be offensive, and Shield Bash's like range is pretty long now. Mm. Um, but she does a lot. I mean, can she, she be, I think the shift alone makes her crazy. If she didn't have the shift, I think the rest of her kit would still be strong. But like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at her be like, holy fuck. Um, whereas like, even if you took away, say, the Suzu, which is obviously quite strong. But if you took that away, I'd be like, well, no, she started this weaker. But she still has that shift. To, to me, there's something crazy about the shift in combination with everything else that's that's really strong. Because the combo that's intended, and by the way, I might as well just add now, we're going to get to the ultimate soon, but I might as well add now the passive is wall climb. So like Genji and Hanzo, because um, I believe she's somewhat connected to the Shimadas or some, I don't know her lore, but there's some connection there. She can wall climb and they can all wall climb. Um, you did, if you guys didn't know, Japanese people can just wall climb. That's just part of the culture. Um, so the the combo is like what you shift onto an ally and you drop a suzu on the on the ground and you just make them vulnerable while you heal them. This is supposed to be how it works, I think. Yeah. Hey, I, you know what she reminds me of? Psycho Pump from uh, Bloodline Champions. If you guys remember, never played that game. Oh, that's a that's a throwback. I didn't even. It's a big one, right? Never played like, the game. So. Psychopomp in Bloodline Champions pretty sure had... Okay, I think it was more like you hit an enemy and would exchange po points, but it was also like a, uh, like an ephemeral character, if that makes sense. Like also, I think, Fox-themed. Uh, also pretty high damage support. Uh, heal was different. Was there... I think she had a fear, though. Yeah, maybe maybe a little different, but um Oh, she will make people fear her. Yeah. In various ways. Yeah, no. Let like, me just bring up the Sorry, you finish off your point. Uh, j we'll just like I think if you guys were to look at Alchemist from that game and look at Anna, you would see a lot of similarities. And interestingly, uh in Bloodline Champions Chips Hyen used to be the best alchemist in the world. Then he came to Overwatch, and then for a while was also one of the best Annas in the world. So that was always interesting. Also a character with uh, anti-heal and uh, sleep. Pretty based. I'm looking up this game right now, and I... Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen this before. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the ultimate. Oh yeah, of, of Kariko is called Katsune Rush. Summon a fox spirit that rushes forward, accelerating the movement, attack speed, and cooldowns of allies that follow its path. Yeah, so pretty big deal. Yes, this is a crazy good ultimate. A little, little good. And so all the the Tory gates that come up, she just like starts sprinting through. We've seen in multiple teasers now. It's in the gameplay video, obviously. Um, cooldowns being reduced while being on the path is incredibly good for certain heroes that rely on cooldowns like Doomfist. 
it depends on how it works, uh, right? <clears throat> because mm-hmm. let's say only cooldowns are reduced that I used while you're in it. Or it could be I have a cooldown, I step into it, now my cooldowns also reduce. Right. I actually I don't know which version of that it is. So depending on that, uh, it might be <clears throat> different, right? Um yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to test. Also, do I need to stand inside the zone in order to, for my cooldowns to go over quicker? Or is it like I step in it once and I have like my reduction and it's done and I can step outside and uh, have reduced cooldowns? Oh, uh, actually, I think it only works. Here's, I, here's how I think it works. So, because what... Let's, let's, I'm going to run some hypothetical i don't know what the numbers are but let's pretend the numbers are 30 percent faster quarter let's pretend Mm -hmm. um let's and and because there's there's a way that you can think about it like is it like oh i use an ability and i just instantly get a 30 percent reduction and so if i had a 10 second cooldown it's just instantly seven right and it goes seven six five right from and it's it's no longer 10 it just goes seven it starts from seven yeah that's one way to look at it but I believe the way it actually works is not like that. And your cooldown is still 10, but it goes down. It refreshes 30% faster. So, you know, instead of it being the normal 10 seconds, 10, 9, 8, 7, it, it does that, but like 30% faster, if that makes sense. Mm. So while you are in the thing, your cooldowns are refreshing 30% faster. Like the numbers are actually, like each second, it's shaved by whatever the actual cooldown reduction is while you were in it. Mm-hmm. So it just, it looks like your cooldown timer is just going like 10 out of 7, it's just going down much quicker, like whatever the number is, instead of it like being a raw, like cut it down by X amount, you just get it front loaded. You don't get it front loaded like that. I'm pretty sure you were in it and then it just, it does the thing, like I said. So, uh, yeah, Movement, attack speed is actually ridiculous. I think this is the first attack speed modifier we've had in the game. Um, and I do wonder how that works for certain things because some attack speed is some attack speed is kind of attached to let me think about that because everything has an internal cooldown. I was gonna say like if you were Cassidy because you just spam left click, everything has internal cooldown. Apparently, fan the hammer is wild inside the uh, inside the ultimate. Like the fan oh, yeah. the hammer speed is really fast. Um. I know, like, using a soldier, you know, tack visor inside that is crazy. Mm. Um, I wonder if there's any weird interactions. I'm trying to think if there's a hero that would have a weird interaction. I think of one. Action. I'm pretty sure her own cooldowns and her own attack speed increases as well. So now you can spam those right-click kunais. Yeah. In some ways, it kind of, uh, for those that play League of Legends, kind of like a uh, this movement speed, kind of reminds me of a cleared ultimate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I do get that kind of feeling. <laughs> also because of how they an- animate, or oh, I guess I shouldn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> talk about the League short, but yeah, they, they uh, animated the, the effect very cute, in a cute way, I found. You know, the grandpa and the Child, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't seen it. Don't spoil it. God. Well, 
Dude, see now Joe knows this is a grandpa and a child. Yeah. Whose child is it? Whose grandpa is it? Is I it don't her know. Is it is it her child? Does she have a child? Is she a mother? Who knows? Who do you identify more with? With uh grandpas or children? Joe. Grandpas. I would have never guessed. That's kind of weird because you have a child, Joe. So me? as a child. Is it me? As a child. <laughs> you do have a child. Both of you have a child. You both have children well, that you live with and nah, take care of. Kind of, I have a half a child, genetically speaking. Because, like, you know. So, so that's her kit. What do you think? Like, she, she sounds pretty strong, yeah. She doesn't sound crazy strong. Like, I don't think there's ever been, I was going to say, there's never been a support defined meta. Brig is definitely defined meta, so I don't want to get in that territory. But I don't think she's, like, that level. I don't think she's, like, because because the thing about release brig it's not like her inherent strengths it's what she denies it's what she prevents other things from doing from what i can tell from her kit there's nothing about kariko that prevents other compositions or other heroes from other important heroes from functioning does it make anna a bit worse because the, you can just block antis with your suzu yeah i guess mm -hmm. um is she like harder to dive because she can just teleport to an ally yeah um other than that i don't think there's anything crazy like does she i think everything is just good i think everything is like generally good she does a lot she just has a lot of options i think that's yeah. the best part about her is the versatility right she has a lot of different options to accomplish a lot of different things and that's very valuable in a game of overwatch i i feel like if my gut feeling right now also like based on what people are saying I feel like the first thing that probably will be nerfed is the headshot modifier. Uh, either like they gotta like make it less possible to hit okay. those. I like where your head's at, but I'm in a different direction. Or they need Why? to decrease the the multiplier. I don't know. That, if it's no. but but if that's only if it's easy to hit. Yeah. And yeah. from all from all information that I've been aware of, it's not easy to hit. Well. We have this head. OG tweet, and I'm not <clears throat> sure if I'm too boomer to uh, analyze the contents of it, but like OG tweeted six hours ago, as someone who has playtested Kiriko, this is hero is nuts, man. It's actually crazy hard to hit the knives and cycle the cooldowns properly. And then later on, he tweeted, I was lying. And then a uh, better call Saul misinformation gif. Now, this could either mean, oh shit, I validated my NDA, or <laughs> I was capping. Also, he says, Lamal, why did they make a hero just for Juby? <laughs> what, is, what is the Juby lore? I don't know. These guys keep like mentioning Juby all the time. I don't know. I don't know what their thing with Juby is. I keep talking about Juby though. Um... I don't even I don't even think the right clicks that it doesn't sound that uh -huh. broken to me because it sounds it sounds mechanically rewarding and it sounds yes. difficult to do. Also, yes. 120 damage is like it's high, but it's not it's not ridiculous. I don't think yeah I don't think it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I would like, I would say <clears throat> I think if I'm remembering because I like saw the initial release this morning, kind of still a little sleep deprived, and then I remember seeing that somebody said that. Kiriko doesn't have damage fall off. And I think like that. Oh no, she does not. Better. I saw that as well. 
Yeah, that could be. She a needs problem. damage fall off. She definitely yeah. needs damage fall off. Spamming from range is going to be stupid. Yeah, I think <laughs> you don't like, get logged. getting logged by Kariko will feel bad. So yeah. I, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you want her to feel a little, a little like mid to short range. I think like she has enough mobility. She has enough tools. I think you don't want her. You don't want instances where she just plugs into like a poke archetype and she just like invulns people and then just like runs away. And like you then have to just like chase everybody down, right? You, her, you want her cooldowns seem long. I think her cooldowns sure. are long. Like her cooldowns are very punishable. It's like it's not one of those heroes where it feels super frustrating to play. I I don't know this for a fact, sure. so I guess yeah. I'm kind of talking out of my ass a little bit. But I, because she doesn't have super spammable abilities, I, I know I don't count the right click as spamble. That's just that's just a shooting just mechanic that everyone yeah, has. Um. No, like they're strong abilities, but you have to be very precise about when and how you're using them because otherwise you're going to get caught out. So, yeah. I think, so <clears throat> I'll say this, and I think this opens up another kind of uh, tangential topic discussion because I believe she's coming in for Count Count Cup. Um, the fact that um, it would be... In I'm just going to tell you she's not then. Okay. Interesting. Source, source. I made it the fuck up. I'm just gonna say she's not. <laughs> okay, that would be that would be a little odd. Then I would have to assume she comes in in playoffs, which I think is almost even better in my mind. Um, because I think I while I don't believe she's again. This is this is like. Let me just be clear. Let me just be clear. I don't even know if she is coming in. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, I don't think she's coming in Countdown Cup because you don't release a hero and throw in a brand new fucking hero <laughs> in the middle of the stage. That doesn't happen. No, I... That's I, never I, happened. I'm under the assumption... Let me let me explain myself here. I'm under the assumption that the pros have probably playtested her. I think it's probably on whatever, like, tournament realm, pre-patch, whatever the fuck you want to call it, behind the scenes, and they're, they're like, actively playing with her at the moment. Um, and it'll just be locked to Owl before October 4th, and then everybody gets to play it, and everybody's happy. Poggers, we love that. Um, that's another thing. I think that this character is going to be a, a crowd favorite instantaneously, obviously from, you know, the entire, like, aesthetic and whatnot, but even just from the play kit, um, she looks super fun, really enjoyable. Like, I think this is another, you know, home run hit for, for the dev team. Uh, that said, I think that she is going to, like, help to reinforce um, a dive meta. And I think she probably takes uh, Zen's spot as like the premier, like backline support or backline flex support, um, which I think is just when Overwatch is at his best. Can I be right? real though? I, I think, I think Zen's alt is a little bit more applicable. Like Kariko's alt seems almost purely sure. aggressive. I mean, oh. I guess you could run away with it too. Like, Oh, let's run away with this ultimate, but that just kind of feels weird. <clears throat> Whereas, like, I think Zenzol, you can be aggressive too. You can tempo trans just rush in with that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. My my final point of discussion on this is I'm just going to repeat mm -hmm. something that Kaku said. Um, thoughts after playing Kariko at this creator summit: utility, survivability, fun. This is three main points. Yeah. Two knives were hard to land. Maybe I was just bad. Lol. And the healing output was low. Trying to sustain brawly tanks. Just guessing, but best paired with Bap Anna, we'll have to see. Um, 
I actually think she could be a brig replacement mm-hmm. in a composition uh, for dive. I I also think she's dive. Why I think that is because um, targeted healing like brig cookies and harmony all yep. very good for dive. Yep. She has a lot of damage to add into a dive, which I think is really good as, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason why I don't think she replaces Zen is because Discord is too good in dive, man. Discord is how you set up dive targets and execute kills, right? Whereas, how does a hero like Kariko actually help you set up a dive? Unless she's landing right clicks, which sounds like it's hard to do, you're not doing, you're not actually adding to your team, whereas it's so easy to Discord somebody, and then your team just go for a Discord target and get a kill. Like, yeah. that's that's quintessential to dive. Uh, so I don't think Zen's leaving dive. If, if all possible, you keep Zen, you play Zen and Kariko together, and you just replace bring cookies with this Kariko healing. That being said, the, the, the rally and the extra healing from Briggs AoE is pretty good, and her peel is definitely going to be better. But I I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe she gets played in double flex support Sigma. Could be, yeah. That could be a con, because she, she's pretty spammable. Mm. She, could be a, she could be a bat replacement. Legitimately, she could be a bat replacement in that con, yeah. in my opinion. Does it and I think, like... Shields? Huh? Uh, eh, not really. I think that like Lucio, that? I think Brig in general. Like, does it matter how heal, of... how much heal she actually does? You know. Well, that it, it does matter. You know, you know what? You're right. It does matter because the other thing about Bat being really good is he has the instant. He has two oh shit buttons. The lamp is yeah. strong, but also sure. the shift is currently on on the Overwatch two uh, game that we have because it's been buffed. Um, it does that instant healing and the extra healing if you're low HP. That's like super strong, man. That shift ability on BAP. Yeah. The biggest weakness of Kariko is definitely the healing output. It's from what we can tell, her healing output is slow and not a lot. So if you're trying to like sustain over a long fight, you're not gonna. Yeah. It's not oh, definitely do a lot not. For you. It's she's a bursty hero. Yeah. When I say bursty hero, I don't just mean burst damage. I mean burst in terms of here are strong individual cooldowns. We're going to mm-hmm. use them all very quickly and win a fight with these, but if a fight goes long and Kariko is just sitting there waiting for cooldowns, you're probably going to lose the fight. Yeah. Right? That's what, I'm, that's what I see. Is there a world where we see... I think it's going to take some time just for people to get used to her, but is there a world where we see like Kiriko like, play off angles aggressively and then use the wall teleport to like get re- to like return to her teammates? Does that make sense? Flanking support. I mean, yeah, in a way, like you have three times damage, you have an invuln, right? You you come in and you just assassinate somebody, you teleport you're not doing, back. Like, you're not doing much healing. At that point, you are literally playing a third DPS. Yeah. But like, I, I think part of the, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I think the devs made her to entice DPS players to play support. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that- because she is like the most DPS support that exists. I feel like also, like, depending on how the bell works, you probably don't want to be too far away from from your team, right? Or from the crucial. I don't think target. it's like an extended period of time. I don't see. It. I think it's just like a quick, like little assassination attempt sometimes, and then you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and then you know it's like a play again. I think what she looks like she can do a lot of is playmake, and I think that's really cool, right? You can you can mm. you can start to foresee these instances where like oh, like you were talking about you know prior Avril, like if Anna like nades your team and you can cleanse it it's like yeah you can cleanse it but like that's a big toolkit out of the way Mm. um you can kind of like engage with the involved you can maybe go for assassinations you know it's she's very dynamic and i think that's really cool i think kirk kind of says it best like fun 
seems to be like the impetus for this hero. She looks very fun. She looks very impactful. It might not just be th- like healing throughput, but in yep. terms, but that's not what everybody wants. Everybody wants to like do damage and everybody wants to play the FPS. And I think this is this FPS hero. This is the FPS support. Which is which is why I, I think if you have a low healing hero and low healing comp, like Briggs Zen mm-hmm. is still a low healing comp. Yep. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. You have to play a dive because a dive is low resource. Yeah. Because everyone play plays health packs. Everyone plays everyone has their own sort of abilities to regain HP like recall. Um people can play flanks and angles to avoid damage. So you can't play her in a composition that requires high sustain. Yeah. Like, you are not going to see her in a Ryan comp. So despite yeah. all this talk about, like, oh, you know, what are her interactions with Ryan? I don't think she gets to play with Ryan. I think that'd be a mistake. No. No. Um, Ryan requires too much pocketing, right? She's you. If you have Kariko in your team, don't expect to be, get, get pocketed. That's not how the game yeah. will work at all. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that. Let's now talk about... Season one, we got season one info. I think that was next on the list. So, <clears throat> play Overwatch. We got details on uh, the release stuff from season one, and yes, we will be transitioning this topic into battle pass and all that kind of stuff as well. Joe's favorite topic, as we talk about. Um, just gonna go through the list here. Uh, personally, for me, this is like. A pretty cool offering. Like they're giving some real details now on like what the Overwatch 2 experience is going to be out the gate. Season one launch October fourth. Sojin and Jungle Queen free season one instant unlock. Now there's a couple ways to read into that. Free season one instant unlock is not the same as an evergreen unlock where the 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 original heroes all there. Because if you look down the bottom, it says all 32 original heroes. Right, season one instant unlock says to me that if you don't play in season one, you are going to miss out on Sojourn and Junker Queen. You're going to have to unlock her the manually in future seasons, is what it says to me. Maybe I'm reading into that, but the the specificity of the language dictates that to me. Because otherwise, why would you say free season one unlock? Does do you understand what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's particular wording for sure, and it definitely like makes you start to wonder. Like, yeah, like you're saying, like, if you don't play now, am I going to have to come back later and unlock <clears> these with like, because then three. you just say free unlock. Yeah. Why? Why specify season one? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is it a free? Yeah. So if you're specifying season one. You're specifying it's a free unlock versus a paid unlock. I don't know. It just it's just the, my my interpretation is that if you don't play Overwatch one to in season one and you come in season two or later, these two heroes, you're going to have to manually unlock. But it is what it is. I mean, that's how free to play game works. Uh, and I don't particularly care for it. Kariko, free for Overwatch 1 players. So that's she's part of the founders pack. So another benefit for Overwatch 1 players. Um, essentially, if you are an Overwatch 1 player and you play in Season 1, which lasts for nine whole weeks, so you should be able to Probably. log in at least one time. Yeah. You're going to get three three heroes for free. Right. Reimagined multiplayer experience. We already knew this stuff. 5v5, new maps, new push. This also, by the way... I believe includes Portugal, because what are the new maps? You have Colosseo, New Queen Street, Paraíso, Circuit Royale, Midtown. That's five. Mm-hmm. Is Portugal the last one, or am I missing another map? That would be my guess. There's those five in Portugal, yeah? Yeah, Has I think so. I think Am I so. missing a map? 
Is there a control map I'm missing or another escort I'm missing or a hybrid I'm missing? Eric is saying yes to Portugal. <clears throat> Such sex then. Cool. Competitive 2.0. We're going to get into that as well. That's a, there's a bit more detail on that. Uh, I think somewhere in the blog. Crossplay, cross progression, or knew about that. Limited time event. Junkenstein's Revenge, The Wrath of the Bride. Now, that is actually not the same Junkenstein's Reve Revenge event. Uh, I don't know if it's hugely different, but it's different in the fact that, as we saw in the previews, you're playing four different heroes now. You're playing Sojin, Kuriko, Junker Queen, and Ash, I believe, the four different heroes. And um, the boss is, the, I, I guess, Sombra. Uh, there's also the Gargoyle Winston on there. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just glad they're changing it up. They're keeping it yeah, fresh instead of just doing the same Junkensteins again. It feels like Overwatch again. It feels like we're not... We're not setting our hands. It feels like we're getting updates. It feels like we're getting content. It's it's a really good feeling. It, it also says good. that we're not losing the stuff that we already had in Overwatch 1, which was the seasonal, you know, Winter Wonderland, archives, yeah. Halloween. We're, all, we're getting that still. Overwatch 1 content. Cool. Yep. Knew we were getting that. Battle Pass. Play the game and free rewards. Kriko confirmed as a, as a battle pass hero, as all the new heroes will eventually be. Two epic skins, two souvenirs. I don't actually know what a souvenir is, but it's some cosmetic. Wep one weapon charm and 15 additional rewards. And then you have the premium stuff, which is you instantly get Kriko, 20% season XP boost, um, which will definitely, I think, help out to finish the battle pass. Although, sure. again, we're going to talk more about the battle pass. I'm pretty sure the battle pass is meant to be finished without a, within a reasonable amount of time you get the mythic uh, demons cyber demon genji skin which is customizable five other legendary skins including the new kariko geisha doll looking kind of skin uh one epics and 56 another additional rewards plus weekly challenges for coins and bundles in store we're going to talk about coins in, in depth in a little bit as well a lot of teasing here but uh, this is the overall package I'm pretty happy with that, personally. For sure. I think there is, and I think we'll probably end up getting to it, a broader topic that I think is a, uh, I think we're seeing a lot of people naturally react to, um, which I don't think is completely unfounded, but it is a bit shooting from the hip. Um, and I think that partially comes from uh, a few different reasons, but we can get into that. Did you say what you were referring to, or were you just like outlining? Yeah, he's subtweeting. He's subtweeting. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm subtweeting a further, further point down the line. I think this is really good. I think that we're moving in the right direction, and some of these changes that are maybe a little polarizing to the community are in are happening because of the state, like because of the absence of the game we have right now right people don't have the game right now to be able to play and like kind of like see these ideas in motion consistently so they're like well the game that i'm playing is overwatch one and a lot of these things that you're saying don't work so i'm big mad and it just like <clears throat> it, it's going to be a learning process it's going to be a little bit of a, a hump to get over but i i think all in all like this is a yeah, massive people, success people are learning people are going to have to learn what a free-to-play game is is what they're going to have to learn yeah and and it's not like a it's not even in a predatory sense where it's like if they did this with Overwatch one, I think I'd have more of a problem with it. But the way and the design philosophy that they've vocally talked about, you know, I mean, also looking at your tweet, Avril, um, 
this is much less impactful than it would have been in 6v6. This is much my, less impactful this would have been. My sure. position is that this should have been Overwatch 1. This yeah. should have been Overwatch 1 from the start. They should have done mm -hmm. all of this from Overwatch 1 from the start. And that yeah. comment's going to piss off people, but again, it's just like, yeah. our game is not one of the big games of the world, and all the big games in the world are free to play games. And I knew this shit fucking six years ago. Yeah. Because it was clear. At least it was clear to me. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't. I am the epitome of the I told you so guy, but anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was. Like, I feel like we were already pretty early on the loot boxes, right? Like, wasn't Overwatch one of the more early ones? Yeah. I, uh, no, no, actually, no, because you can consider. No, not even consider. You can just straight up recognize that CSGO and right. TF2 had loot boxes first. Right, right, true. Yes, okay. They, they, to me, they invented and popularized that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And our system was way less, you know, inflammatory. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, the, <clears throat> the thing is, I think there's one point of legitimate criticism towards, and I think this is also where we need to differentiate between, what actual incentive structures are and how a developer moves with them. So I think wh why you're saying this, why you want the battle pass is because it incentivizes or gives a developer incentive to create more content every, like in a very, you know, regulated not manner <clears throat> because that makes them money. And that's a I good would not use the word incentive. I think the word incentive is not the correct term here. I would use the word justification. Right. It's a it's a financial justification for continued post launch post launch support. Not even content support. Right. Now, I mean, content is part of support, but yes. Now I will say Blizzard as a company has left some doubts on consumers of Blizzard products, where, for instance, I think the criticism of saying, well, you know, WoW is filled with microtransactions and our content cycle is atrocious. I think there is something there. It's not a comparable situation by any means. Like, you're paying subscriptions for the server. Like, you still have the regular... Uh, expansions coming out then you pay for some co cosmetics whatnot like it's not like you're paying for the new content necessarily you're paying through the, for the new content with the expansion right so it's not the same it's not the same justification or incentive structure whatever you want to use but i think yes like you you cannot just produce um let's say skins because they make you money and then not do anything else, right? And that is also well, why I <clears throat> I feel like from a point of incentive structure, saying we put heroes behind a limited paywall, and even if it's not a play paywall, because you can get it through fair means, it's an incentive mechanism whereby like the developer, especially like the suits, can be convinced as to create more and more heroes. And I think that is the content in Overwatch. Like, Overwatch PvP, the content is heroes. 
right? So to to put to give it you know a justification to justify to a development cycle cycle to justify whoever you know says okay go ahead with that development plan and whatnot to make the business case all of that is not bad and i always said like i start believing in overwatch 2 when i see a um, a monetization structure that I can believe in creates goods incentives for developers to go forward. Now, <clears throat> I think what I'm I'm definitely missing is everything outside the battle pass. Right? Like, right now it feels like all of the products that, that we're getting are somehow on the battle pass. We don't know what skins outside the battle pass will look like. And most of the, the content in other Probably games... Probably better ones. Right. And already, I got it... You, like... I feel like everyone is super big mad. Look at the quality of those skins on the battle pass, dude. That is not normal. That's like if you even if you play competitors, like you're not getting skins like this in Apex that you're getting with a mythic skin on Genji. It's just like you have some skins that are extraordinary. You also have them in Warzone, not to that extent. I think that that's yeah. a new level. I mean, most games, by the way, this is we're going to officially dive into the topic now because we're already there. Uh, I will bring up some of the stuff from the blog post surrounding this, but we're just going to get straight into the whole paywall situation. Let's just get into that topic properly. Mm -hmm. This is, in my honest opinion, having played, looked at, been a part of all sorts of free-to-play games, all of the most popular games in the world out there in English. This Overwatch 2 Battle Pass is probably one of, if not the friendliest Battle Pass that we have. Yes, even including the Hero Paywall. Why? Because the fact that the Hero Paywall exists within the Battle Pass itself increases the value of the Battle Pass. For 10 bucks, you're getting a gigantic Battle Pass with very high-quality cosmetics in there, compared to other games where... First of all, they will not include the new hero or or champion within the battle pass. You have to get that separately. That's a separate cost entirely. Yes. Either a separate grind or a separate cost entirely. So you have to buy that on top of the battle pass. Secondly, as Yuska's saying, the quality of skins in most other battle passes, especially in a game like Valorant, I'm not going to lie, man. The, the skins in the Valorant battle pass, compared to the skins you actually buy in the shop, it's night and day. And it is not comparable. The battle pass skins are fucking shit. Compared to the, the the paid skins, they're fine in a vacuum. But when you look at like the actual paid skins, you're like, wow, that's a gigantic gulf of a gap in terms of quality. Um, whereas we look at, you can see the skin quality in this battle pass is very fucking high. You get some insane legendaries in that, some really good ones, and then the mythic at the end as well, which is wild. Um, there's a couple of different ways to approach this conversation. There's a, there's the real conceptual theoretical conversation about the hero pay walling and whether morally it's a justified thing or a correct thing to do and then there's a there's a there's a more literal way of talking about it um that's a bit more grounded and i think both are probably worth discussing so let's break down <clears throat> what the root of the controversy is why people have a problem with it and then we can talk about is that a real problem that matters or not spoiler i don't particularly think it's a big deal um just to preface it. But the problem is 
yes, it does set a bad precedent because you are now having what is considered to be the most important content in the game. Most people would agree the most important content in the game is the heroes being paywalled, whereas previously that was free. So from the raw vacuum approach of is this better or worse than what we currently have in Overwatch 1? Yeah, it's worse. It is worse. Everyone will tell you it's worse. Right? No one's lying about it. No one's trying to hide it. It It is just straight up worse. It really is, right? No one disagrees. The problem is, I don't think you can use the argument of like, well, is it better or worse than Overwatch? Therefore, do I like it or not? I think that's a that's not a fair argument to make because Overwatch 2 is not Overwatch 1. Um, as stupidly obvious as that sounds, and there's a point, there's a further point there. Because people are also bringing up like, oh man, like look at this interview in 2015 from Jeff Kaplan or even Aaron Keller about uh, how they're saying like, well, oh, we were we are not going to charge for heroes because it's, uh, that that's not the vision of Overwatch, blah 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 blah. And they're like, see, they lied, Jeff and Aaron, they lied to us. Now they're charging us for heroes. Uh, first of all, you can get the new heroes for free. So I'm just going to be pedantic there. Second of all, <clears throat> it's a different vision now. The vision changes. Like, the game has changed. I, I don't know that you can look at, like, a super old clip of a specific philosophy back then and still apply it now and have that be relevant when the game and the financial model and the industry, for what it's worth, has rapidly changed in six years, right? I, I think we're now in the sort of space where free-to-play is so much more dominant free-to-play is so much more of a deal and it's and it's also a lot more solved in terms of a financial model a lot more solved than it was six years ago when you look at all the successful free-to-play games and they really are the biggest games in the world by the way like they've really figured it out in terms of what success looks like for a, for a live service game so things are going to evolve and I, I think you can't like just continually hold on to and grip with an iron fist this like notion of an outdated model and an outdated philosophy that was uttered on a on a video 50, you know six years ago just if that makes sense and i, I know some people are going to die on that hill but to me it's just like not the correct hill to die on yeah, i i mean you kind of touch on the points that i you know were subtweeting a little bit when it came to like the design philosophy it's like I, I understand that the perception of the game is still that like, oh, I can hard counter and we want to hard counter this and, you know, this, that, the other thing. A, that wasn't the case most of the time for the lion's share of the player base. And B, that like has shifted so drastically in Overwatch 2 that like you really don't have a leg to stand on anymore if you try to argue that way. Yes, theoretically, in a weird fucked up flipper baby world, Maybe there is a hero designed that is locked behind a very loose battle pass that is too good and answers too many questions. Again, that's something that we can address when that happens. We can't necessarily have arguments on like, well, what if, what if? We have to kind of take it as it is, right? And with the game and what they've said thus far that we've seen, that we've played, that we've watched the Overwatch League kind of dish out. I don't see this this hard counter, you know, I have to play this hero. Maybe Junker Queen's a, a good example as to like, you know, oh, well, what happens if, you know, Junker Queen's locked? I I hate to say this, and I know that this is like a, a, a hot take for like 
most players in, in Overwatch, most like general, most of the general audience. I don't know that Junker Queen is losing you games more so than other things that you could be doing. Now, that's not how the game feels. It feels like, oh, well, this is the meta. And, you know, if I don't play the meta, then I'm losing. Listen, if you suck, if you suck, changing a Junker Queen is not going to win you the game. No, and and that's not that's not a good argument to try to like leverage against people but it's the truth right um this is not a game that like people are swapping heroes this is not a game where like counter comps are a thing outside of like maybe the overwatch league right i i genuinely don't believe that especially even more so within overwatch 2 um so i i really but, but don't Joe, i swapped the hit scan when there's a fire i swapped the hit scan when there's a fire i'm clearly countering and and that's great. I, I think that like if that's the perception that people have and they feel like they're active, like actively countering something, that's awesome because the game gives you the tools to do that. Right. There's there's nothing thus far that we've created that the devs have created um, that is uncounterable with the tool set given to you in the base game. Right. Um, think of this as like a, a, a card game. Right. You can buy the starter pack of this card game and get all the tools you'll need to play the game. Anything more? is helpful is useful <clears throat> is utility outside of that it doesn't matter this is not going to reflect in your win-loss record i again i'm gonna i'm gonna put my hands up just in case you know something happens and this is all bunked but i don't believe that this is going to affect the the average player base the way that they think it is i think this is a natural reaction due to them not being able to play the game and kind of come to these conclusions on their own um not to say that they would all but i i mm -hmm. think that this is this is just because we're in a holding pattern, because we're waiting for the game to come out, people are still just reacting with Overwatch 1 in mind because that's the game that they have in front of them. It's just so hyperbolic. My problem with the argument that people are having is that I feel like they're not having the argument the right way. I know what the argument is, uh, but it takes a lot of digging to get to the real argument and get past the bullshit first, because there's a lot of bullshit in there. Yeah. And the bullshit I'm talking about is, is talking about stuff like people, people creating such weird strawmans in the argument like... Oh, but like, you know, what if there was no hit scans? How would you counter fire? I'm like, bitch, there are hit scans. Like, you're talking about a situation that's not even yeah. realistic. Yeah. Like, I would, I would follow, game, I would follow, I would follow this example if it wasn't complete bullshit because they're not removing hit scans from the game. Yeah. Right. There's a shitload of hit scans of the game, and they're not getting fucking removed. So using that as an example is ridiculous. Say people say like, yeah, but what if Brig was in the game? Motherfucker, Brig is in the game. She's not going anywhere. Such a silly example. And I, I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to say it is like, what if there's a hypothetical world where there is a new thing that gets introduced from a hero and it requires an extremely tailored response from a different new hero and only that new hero could deal with the other new hero. That's what they're really trying to say. Mm -hmm. No one's actually using those words because they don't know how to have an argument and how to present a point, but that's the actual thing they're trying to say. And my response to that, my reaction to that information I, I also think that's just hyperbolic and ridiculous because I don't think that's that that's like a realistic scenario. There's no precedent where that's ever happened. I I I I don't think there's we've ever had a true precedent where like that's a that's a major thing. People will bring up like yeah, but what about Tracer and Brig? I think that's an antiquity in discussion because that's also no longer relevant given that uh, the positions of those heroes have been vastly changed. And I think if we ever even accidentally got to a place where that was a considerable factor, like something so OP that only another OP thing from a different new release could, could beat it. 
we've seriously failed as a game at that point. And, and people, oh, yeah. people, people will use this kind of like weird position of like, well, you can't trust Blizzard and you can't trust the development team. Blah 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 blah. It's such a strange. If you're at that stage, like I don't even know how to have a conversation with you because you know, like that's like it's like when when I I don't know if you're assuming. If you're just going to assume incompetence, then then there's like no argument to be had because at, at, at no no counterpoint, no matter how good that gets brought up, will be able to change your mind because in your mind it's already failed and it's already incompetent and it will always be incompetent and it's like by default incompetent, and so the, you know you've like you've checkmated the argument, but in the dumbest way possible, where like there's no benefit to even having a discussion. Because you can't imagine benefit of the doubt, even though, in my opinion, there's been no real precedent set where, like, you know, in recent, especially in recent development, I don't want to talk about Overwatch One anymore because Jeff's off the team. In some ways, I think that's a good move. Um, people are like, "Oh, I can finally see why Jeff's off the team." I'm like, yeah, same, and that was a good move. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> he left. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. There, there's some wild strawmans that are people building for this, and they're super hyperbolic. I wish the arguments were at least. A little bit more tempered and realistic, because um, I could, I could, see, I could see a scenario where that fear exists, but it's such a conceptual fear. Yeah. It's such a like a theoretical fear. It's like it's almost like, well, what if the aliens come and blow up the Earth? You know, <laughs> what if that happens? It's such a conceptual. Damn, it's such a conceptual fear. Like what? You know what, what this feels like? What this feels like the same kind of like argument skeleton that we had even within the, like our own community, I think that the, like the paywall stuff reaches like the other half of the pond it, it, talking about like the general player base, like even, even more so, but just within our own little bubble within the overwatch league or the competitive overwatch scene. Um, I feel like this, the skeleton structure has been established within like the role lock stuff pretty, pretty heavily where like there were like some, some flexibility truthers that were like, no, you can't limit the roles. You, 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 you try to stifle creativity. You stifle this, blah, 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 blah. And it's completely just adjunct and creative and, and just like theoretical rather. Um, it just like, isn't based in like where we sit in the, at, at, like at the time, right? We're, we're going through the goats meadow. We can't have this happen again. It is literally the one, one of the biggest problems for the average viewer and the only way, sadly, that Blizzard can come up to remove it is if we just limit the game to what it's probably best seen as anyways, right? When you go into ranked, you probably have this anyways, most of the time. Most of the Overwatch metas, most of the time, um, were also 2-2-2, right? Like, the roll lock conversation was just so much, like, fear and, oh my god, I hate change and this, that, the other thing that you go into the theoretical like, well, what happens if we, you you know, we get like a triple or quadruple DPS meta and the game's actually better. What happens then? It's like, well, yeah, we'd be losing out on that, but we'd also not kill ourselves, right? We wouldn't just remove like the biggest problem to this game. Like we, we would be shooting ourselves in the foot if we didn't stop goats, right? Like it would be, it would be God. such a detriment <clears throat> to just like leave that in the game or leave that possibility open, right? Um, yeah. it, it's impossible. You can't, you can't, can't be stifled by theory. I think that's just such a weird yes, place to yes, get stifled yes. by because it's all—it's also like infinite, you know. It's like yeah. at, at, at some level, it's just like you know, what if uh, uh, 
what if a solar flare occurs and it just fucking scorches the earth? That could literally happen at any point. Dang, that's what if, yeah. What if a rogue asteroid just hit us? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like any number of infinite things can fucking happen. It's like, yeah. what if this thing in the game? And what if we created this hero? What if that? It's like getting caught up on infinite theories is just like it's counterproductive. Uh, there's no winning. It's just a pointless thing to think about. And, and I think not in not grounded in reality at all. Um, because things we're at the sort of stage now where uh, the Overwatch team is at its most competent it's ever been. They are the fastest they've ever been in terms of responding to things that need to be fixed. And I, when I say that, I don't. I I know people are gonna be like, yeah, but what about the bugs in the beta? It's like, yeah, don't worry. That's why it's a beta. Things things are still moving along. When we talk about problematic metas and problematic heroes and balance changes that need to happen, those things have been responded to. Far quicker than any other time I've seen in Overwatch development history. People might not see that because obviously they don't have the same access to developer feedback that I've seen. Um, and people bring up jokes, and it's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, the difference there is like they responded quickly to that, but they're also you also can't drop a meta-defining patch in the middle of a stage where games have already been played. That there's competitive integrity issues there, so it's not like it's not like they just ignored jotes for the entire summer showdown. We, we they they couldn't apply a patch in the middle of the show. We had to play the full yeah. stage because we already started on the stage. Like that's a different story. Based. Um, yep. And I, you know, I despite hating the stage, well, I didn't hate the stage. Despite hating the meta, I I just have to I had to come to terms with the fact that we just had to play through it because it's just how it needs to be for competitive integrity. Um, and I also think people just overrate hero swapping. People like the yes, the whole yes. the whole SVB thread on Twitter was like super true, and people will still get caught up in theory again. People are like they are they are stifled by the theory. It's like yeah, but in theory, you would hero swap to a counter in yeah. theory, and it's just like but that's just that's not, not reality. the game that people play. That's not even the game that most pros play. Like yeah, what I like that. 100%. I think the game's really cool when you can have like these interesting swaps to like give you minor advantages. I think like maybe we could get to that point. But with the development track that we're on right now, I don't we're think not, that'll ever happen. And that's okay. A, we're not even in a rock, paper, scissors game. No. People for some reason talk about swaps and counters like we are literally playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Yep. Which that's not the game we're and, in. Like, and here's, here's, the, here's the truth. Here's the truth bump. And I hope we get a fix soon. But people for themselves have have an idea of rock, paper, scissor. If they play rock, paper, scissor against the ideas of another person, they will realize some have rocket launches in there and some have like, you know, I don't know, paper boats or whatever. Like nobody has the same idea of what counters what because there are yes. no hard counters like this. And why is that? Because this game gives bad feedback on what works. On a personal level and on a team level, right? People, like, the best feedback loops are, I do something, the game slaps me in the face and tells me, you're stupid for doing that, please improve. I go try the next thing, slap, and next thing, oh, no slap, nice, keep going. That's not how Overwatch works most of the time. It is... Oh, I did a good thing, but the five or four other people in my team did a bad thing. 
Slap? Oh, I actually don't know. Like, I, I suppose, like, that was bad? Like, you need... And also, like, I mean, what kind of feedback system do we have? Gold medals. Yeah. Come on. Like, that's not, you know, how, how the feedback loop should work. So, this is... I think this is the breeding ground for those ideas that people think they have figured the game out, have ideas on what they can do in XYZ situation. It's not at all applicable. And honestly, to a degree, I don't believe them that they actually practice those things. Now, do I think they're insincere when they demonstrate those, um, those opinions or try to field them as arguments? For some, I think for many, it's just like such a uh, subconscious thing how they actually play the game and it probably is way overrepresented how often they actually switch the the hero i think a more way more prevalent idea is like yeah yeah i'm a switch but like let me use that ultimate yes yes right 100% so <clears throat> i don't know like if you actually looked at the playtime looked at the situations where the player has accurately understood what needs to be done in order to the composition and also uses the new hero in a correct way that actually applies the counter fraction of a percentage actually happening in real games and yeah. if we could communicate that somehow to the player base i think we would see less backlash to that situation in practice yeah. i think <clears throat> unfortunately where whereas at the highest level, I think hero swapping is important. Because yeah. here's the here's the thing: is like people were like, "Oh, Avril thinks hero swapping isn't important. Is he stupid?" It's <sighs> like, do you not understand context? It's like there is the context is important. People, it's hero swapping. It makes no fucking difference. Well, it doesn't make no. It makes an extreme low difference at a low level because at a low level, at a casual level, you can play whatever the hell you want. Even in a negative matchup, you can just win that because of skill difference or some other difference, or somebody on your team can do something cool. Or the other team is just dumb. Like anything can happen. At a pro level, minute differences make a big difference. And so Dude. playing the right comp becomes extremely important. Um, and the difference of whether you have a people like, didn't he see the Dallas Fuel game where Edison swapped to Sojourn? It's like, yeah, I do I do actually watch, get paid to watch the Overwatch League by the fucking way, in case you didn't notice. So yes, I did see it, but that's not again. We're not talking about the same fucking thing. We're arguing different points here. <laughs> there's um, a there's a bell curved meme in, in the making, which is basically like low IQ dude going like, play what you're best at. Like midwit is is like, no, you got a counter pick, and then high skill person is like, play what you're best at. You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's practically like how the uh, but even. Even like even but the, the point I'll get to is like because I'm I'm about to, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying hero swapping is not important but then I'm also saying it is important in the high level but I'm also now about to say it's not important in the high level and the reason for that is because at the very very highest level the standard practice thing to do is to not counter pick and to just play mirror yep. you just right. fucking mirror the opponents you play the same shit they're playing because that's the easiest thing to do the 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 easiest solution is to mirror the... This is why we see so many right. mirror comps yes. in the Overwatch League in the high level. It is far easier to mirror the other team than to try and play quote-unquote counters. You, you like, know how... It, it, at, the level where counters, at the level where counters are the most impactful, people still don't fucking use counters. They'd rather mirror comps. Yep. You know how awful Overwatch would play if you actually had hard counters? Because what it what would happen is 
Rock, paper, scissor, first fight, whatever the defense picked and the attack picks into, or rather the attack scouts picks the hard counter, wins the first attack, the defense switches, the... We don't know if the attack can switch, but basically, like every fight, that people would just like switch into the countercoms, switch into the yes. countercoms. It's just like just rock paper that, scissors. Like, come on, that that's not. I can give you, a good I can give experience. you the most raw example that happening, and uh, I think ninety nine percent of people didn't see this because they don't watch contenders. I don't. It doesn't. I mean, I don't blame you, but at the mm. same time, you know, you missed out on this, and maybe maybe it's fine that you missed out on this, but I'll just bring it up. I have to explain this properly now. Uh, we we had, I think, the most clear-cut case of a rock, paper, scissors scenario, not in a full comp, just in individual hero picks, that I think I've ever seen in my six years of casting this game. And that is the whole Farah broken alt charge scenario that was in the okay. Contenders A-Sides patch, which resulted in a lot higher Farah game time than she should have had. Um, and here was the direct rock, paper, scissors. I, there were even three heroes. I could even fucking attach a specific hero to rock, to paper, and to scissors. Right, so let's discuss it right now. Rock is so Rock is Genji. Um Paper is Farah and Scissors is Echo. Boom. And that is exactly what we had. So here's a scenario for you. Teams will play Farah because nothing on the Jotes team can do much except maybe the Sojin can shoot the Farah, but that's probably fine. They don't give a fuck about that. And the fire builds uh, ult way too quickly because of a bug. Cool, people play fire. What is the response? The other team's Genji goes Echo because Echo hard counters fire. Uh, well, I say hard counters. There's a very, very favorable, extremely favorable matchup to fire. And then the response is the fire then swaps the Genji, uh, which then invalidates the Echo because the Echo doesn't do the important things that you need in Joe's composition that a Genji would do. And then if the if the Genji player really wants after, they can go back to fire if they want to just be just be tricky about it that is a literal rock paper scissors scenario as clear cut as i've ever seen it and will ever see it and i hopefully will never see it again um and to me it's just that's not strategic depth because the other thing i see and people hide behind this notion that's really annoying as well it's like oh yeah but you know if we don't have hard counters then there's no there's no strategy you don't have the strategy it's just how is true. how is choosing how is how is how is a scenario where like oh you have rock i will go paper how the fuck is that strategic <laughs> yeah. where is the strategy to, if you truly believe that was strategic then your favorite sport in the world is competitive rock paper scissors you would literally watch espn rock paper scissors they don't have it on that channel but you know what i mean there's like real yeah. competitive rock paper scissors they, that would be your favorite sport there's no strategic depth there because it's 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 the most flow chart thing in the world that where it's just like literally you have rock i have paper that's it now you go scissors how the fuck is that strategic depth that's not strategic depth that's basic that's like that's fucking one plus one that's not there's no depth involved at all that's yeah. the lowest amount of depth that you could possibly imagine that's boring as fuck yeah how who's arguing in favor of that that's ridiculous um so yeah i just i it, it's, it's but I don't even think that's a healthy thing to have. I had a whole fucking Twitter thread recently today about the about that kind of scenario. I'm like, I'm glad we're moving away from that because that was something that um got mentioned in the blog post, which we I haven't even quoted yet. We're supposed to be quoting the um uh, blog post, but you you by the way remember I just brought up the Echo Fire situation. That's actually an example no one's talked about because the the rudimentary understanding of counter picking and hero swapping is so basic within the standard Overwatch community. That people legitimately think the people can they, they bring it up all the time. They're like, yeah, you what if there was no hit scan for fire? Well, you gotta play the hit scan for fire. Hey, you DPS player, go Cassidy versus Fire. 
And then the scenario that you end up seeing is this one poor Cassidy player who gets peer pressured and bullied into playing a hero that he might not even want to play has to go up against a Fire and Mercy duo as a sole single player has to take down two fucking players. Can't obviously is not going to be able to do it. And then gets flamed by his team. He's like, how Cassidy, your job is to kill the fire. How come you haven't killed the fire yet? Because it's fucking impossible. Like people's understanding of like how counters work is so fucking basic. They don't even bring up Echo. Like, how come no one brings up Echo when they talk about countering fire? How come everyone just talks about hit scans? It's like, you know, people are like so bad at the game, they don't even like they're not even good enough to play the echo to counter the fire. They don't even realize that the real counter to fire is echo. So they still talk about shit like Cassidy instead. They're so far behind in their actual understanding of what counters are that they're like using the wrong examples and they're talking about counters. Based. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Oh no, Avril's ranting again. Time to turn off the podcast. Where? <laughs> yeah, dude. It, that's, I mean, it's such a hard conversation to have because nobody wants to hear that, like, the ranked or casual experience is just so divorced from like the perception of it, right? Yeah. The perception of Overwatch is that like, oh, it's this really fluid game where it's like a sandbox. Like you can, you can, there's, there's answers to everything. And like, you can, you can really like play with all the tools and like, they all have like plus and minus matchups versus everybody else. In reality, if you're not at, if you're not playing at the top level, yeah, you're probably better off just playing what you're good at and just playing yep. mass games and like just getting good. Right. But that's not fun. Everybody wants to think about like, oh, like I think that the Ryan and the Zarya matchups actually a 50 40 because of this, 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 this. And you kind of get yourself into this web of like thinking that the game or most games are harder than they need to be. And that's fun. When in reality, that's not the game you're playing. That's the game you're thinking about. Yeah. So what's fun for you is to play the simple game where you play Kiriko for 100 games straight and you have a good time and you've, you've loved that. But then you go on Twitter and you talk about how Kiriko is actually broken and she needs to be nerfed and how she has no answers and there's no counterplay and using all this jargon when in reality, that's not the game you're playing. That's the game you're thinking. Of. And and to be fair, I think there is there is something there when you're saying that, when you're perceiving the game to be that, and there's a critical mass of people that believe that it is that way. Correct. I think that, sure. that can be addressed from a game design perspective. But our argument is the means by which you want to do that is not that. Like, you're mad at a thing that doesn't exist. Like, you... Or, or you're mad at a thing that is, like, it kind of exists, but it's nowhere near as serious yes. or as, like hyperbolic yeah, as you make it out to be because everyone's been crazily hyperbolic about it and yeah. like it's windmills but it might also not be your fault in how the yeah, game how in how the game tells you it's windmills yeah right so like sure. i think this is probably like if you're a developer i think that should probably what you should be reading from this is like there seems to be an underlying dissatisfaction with the what perceived reality is being changed about the game that's actually not bearing out in data anywhere if i'm sure like that i mean just assume that a team of developers will move based on data right they have all the data they look at like how many people how many switches happen per map how much does the average player switch in what situation blah 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 
and they make informed decisions based on that. They're not necessarily trying to re-educate you. That would be suicide in in terms of like game development, right? They have mm-hmm. the data. Now, it's also their job to make you feel that they're good, making good decisions. Part of that is communication and framing. Part of that is giving you a better feedback understanding of how the game functions. Also at your level, not just at, at the highest level. I think like saying like learn to play is not a satisfying answer for oh, most players. So the alternative is is like here is a more accurate situation. Here you can derive your dopamine farms from like here's a new location for the dopamine mines. Go there, right? And if if we manage that, that's an answer of the game development. And by the way, I think they also deserve criticism for the lack of good shepherding there. And I think there's they the way this all of this came out, the way um like at what point it came out, how it was phrased, it's suboptimal, could have been done more elegantly. And I hope they reiterate on that. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I think we're in, in a weird uh, agreement there. That, you know, this is this is just a big mad like until we get it, and then I think in like two months that nobody has this discussion ever again. It's like a it's like a five v five. It's like a roll lock. It's like. Well, what about the tank synergy? What about all the things that we had that we felt comfortable with because oh, our brains are that. wired to be comfortable and not necessarily progress because we're... I love we it when a- my tanks are hog and Zarya and all the tank synergy is just so beautiful to watch. Yeah, progress tank synergy. It's <clears throat> it, it, this, this sounds a lot like, and I really haven't had a discussion with anybody um, that I feel like isn't just arguing from a point of, I don't like the change. This is a change I don't like. Look at all these reasons I'm making up to try to sway your opinion, which again, some of them are based in like a theoretical possible possible world, right? I agree. There is some concern when you lock tools behind a wall, but there is no precedent to Avril's point. There is no precedent that we've seen to like for that to really happen for the majority of players. Tank synergy, by the way, is part of the issue of six v six in this first place. People talk about it like it's a, it's like a, a good thing in six v six. It's yeah. actually a downside of six v six from a design perspective. It creates a lot of balance problems because the the problem with tanks in Overwatch in general is they support and increase each other's power by a lot based on how the synergy works. So if two players play two synergistic tanks that work well together like ryan zarya everyone knows ryan zarya yeah and they play that to a very high level of of synergy and they talk to each other and communicate and they're very coordinated it creates fucking crazy situations where tanks are incredibly strong yeah but the opposite is so true where if two players play very divided and two tanks that don't work with each other at all like a diva and a hog it's complete the 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 quality of the tanks and the value that they bring to the table is so incredibly low tanks when they play together well they're, they're too, actually too strong because the, I, the ability overlap and like the synergy overlap creates such an incredibly powerful situation that like i wouldn't say it breaks the game 
but it's it's more powerful than any other two heroes combined in in the other roles. Like you don't yeah. get the same situation when two DPSs or two supports synergize together. Like sure, they do synergize. Like we can we can talk to death about which two DPSs and which two supports synergize. That's great. Mm -hmm. But no no combination of those heroes and those other roles bring as much like insane value to the team as two tanks that synergize exceptionally well. Yep. Like that's wild. And the difference between that and not having that makes or breaks games. And that's why tanks in 6v6, which ones get locked in the hero screen, probably do actually impact results more than anything else. Because a team that actually locks in a Ryan Zara versus a team that locks in Og Diva, you can fucking call the game right there. Right? Because yep. how ridiculous the difference in synergy is. Whereas different Again, different DPS and different support lock-ins and that synergy difference, you know, where the peak and the valley is, it's not that different. Well, it, there's the, there's a gap in there, but it's not as ridiculous as the gap between two mm. synergistic tanks versus two non-synergistic tanks. The point I'm trying to get to is it's too hard to balance tanks in a way where you can reduce that gap efficiently, Yeah. right? And people say, like, why don't you just, like, make it so that... Um, only one one shield can be deployed at a time, and then the other you get too it's too convoluted. It's convoluted. It's too confusing, yeah. too confusing, too conv convoluted, too fucking complex for a normal player that just <laughs> wants to fucking get on Overwatch after work to play. No one wants to think about that shit. Okay, that's no. too much. No. Uh it doesn't make sense. And I, I will so, say I get, I still despite absolutely recognizing it, all of that is true, I still yeah. empathize especially with the high-level players that have synergized with a tank sure. mate and had that experience. And in a game where probably DPS input is often overvalued, yeah. they still had that synergistic moment of like, oh my God, we just like make magic happen. And I think... Yeah, like, yeah. yes, yes. I have, I have no problem with you expressing this, like sorrow about having lost that. That's completely fine. Yep. And and there are people where like they probably feel like their specific counterpick, like, oh, I went Widowmaker and I did kill them. I did kill the fire. So how can you be telling me the hero swaps don't matter when in my silver game I went Widowmaker and I killed the fire? Clearly that means counterpicking works. Yes. In some cases you were you are right. It did work. Congratulations, it worked for you. You are now, playing the game the right way. Everybody now, else is not. But this is but this is the thing, is like we we're talking about the game in two different ways. How is the game actually being played? Yes. And how is the game in theory, in, in a conceptual level, you know, how could it be played at a conceptual level to its peak? Those are two separate things. And if we only talk about the game and only think about the game and only balance around the game from a conceptual peak, I don't think that's just, you're literally like talking about like a very minute thing happening. And that's not the average experience of the average player. Um, so the average player does not experience tank synergy. Sorry, it is a myth for basically everyone. You and your buddy who queue together after school, congrats, you have tank synergy. 99.9% .9 of other players don't. That's the reality. They don't. Yeah. They, there's insta-lock insta hog who's yeah. not in fucking team chat and who spends the whole game flanking. That's the average Overwatch experience. Yeah, and it sucks that like people have to like ruin the some of the fun that like a very select group has. But sadly that's kind of the way of the world and if it creates a healthier environment for 99 percent of the player base that's probably for the best move right 
um yeah you may have a little less fun but even if you play by yourself like hey my my friend's sick i have to go solo queue most, now it's like yeah most of my games are going to be a little bit more healthier right most people are going to have more fun when the game is built around the average experiences this is where i'm going to actually quote the thing now so my entire tweet thread and what i've asked it as well here we go new heroes with the launch of overwatch 2 we're finally moving on guys i'm sorry that took a while um and uh you know despite everyone inputting in that discussion people will only target me for the rants but that's fine uh, I'll, I'll be the batman here i will uh, i'll be the hero that we need the launch of overwatch 2 our roster will expand to 35 heroes as sojin jungle queen and kariko join the fight as we build new heroes and balance the existing cast for our 5v5 pvp experience we have shifted our hero design approach to allow you to have an impact on your matches with a range of different heroes and strategies this means reducing the presence of specific hard counters to heroes I repeat myself this is very important this means reducing the presence of specific hard counters to heroes and before i go on in the blog post we are already seeing that through specific changes and nerfs um for example cassie losing flashbang yeah brig losing stun uh on the shield bash that specifically now doesn't counter heroes like or at least reduces their level of counter towards heroes like Trace and Genji specifically, right? And I think that's good for the game, even though people will complain that it makes Trace and Genji good. Um, I still don't see... Well, I mean, Genji's been great this year, don't get me wrong, but, like, True. I don't think they've... I don't think those heroes are out of control. Even the best Genjis in the world, they're not out of control. Um, anyway, continuing on. For example, in the original Overwatch, especially at higher skill levels, the strongest way to shut down an enemy Tracer... Diving to your support line was a swap over to Cassidy. If that Cassidy player was effective enough, the Tracer could even feel a need to switch themselves to avoid that hard counter. While Overwatch 2 heroes will have their own clear strengths and weaknesses, and some heroes will be more effective against others, we believe our game plays better and is more fun with fewer hard counters and a broader range of effective hero picks. A further benefit is having your favorite, uh, your personal favorite heroes be viable more often. That philosophy will be guiding us moving forward. So fucking based. That is truly the game that I would rather have. Uh, that's insane. Like, and I, in fact, I, again, I will re I, I had an entire Twitter thread, like almost 10 tweets. I didn't count a lot of tweets <laughs> about this topic specifically, where it's like, you know, we need to be building a design philosophy around the game that is actually being played by our players and not the theoretical ideal game that people think they are playing when they're not. Or that like an exceptionally low number of people that are actually playing it right um i i think we need a game where more heroes are viable there's less there's when there's less hard countering in the game that means more heroes are generally viable because you can you can just make more heroes work and that increases the viability of niche heroes like Yep. Torb and Symmetra, like I would love for there to be a world where Torb and Symmetra didn't feel like throw picks. I'm sure the Torb and Sim mains would fucking love that world because yeah. I'm sure they are sick of being targeted by the community for potentially throwing a game because they liked the wrong hero. Most of our player base are one tricks, or if they're not one tricks, they only play like two or three heroes because learning multiple heroes in Overwatch is fucking hard. This is not this is not like a another FPS game where you know the the characters are a lot more aligned in the gameplay right and the it's not like rainbow six where you're generally doing the same thing but with different sort of gadgets yeah. um different heroes have vastly different play styles and we're going to get to the part where like you know people are saying like well you know hero swaps are important because the heroes blah 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 do that but i'm i'm now arguing with the opposite side where it's like it's lessened because the the removal of hard counters right overwatch 2 is so few hard count i don't think there's a single hard counter except for maybe Echo still demolishing fire in most matchups. 
but that's still not even impossible for fire like if you're in a great fire you can still win that matchup it's just a little bit more difficult um you want to create a game where like there's more compositional variety i want to see more chung do's and more florida mayhems where they have their own specific answer and read on the meta and they don't have to meta slave because they can play to their player strengths we have a specific hero specialist like jimu who can play x or y or z here who's really good at that here we can try and force that strategy because we're good at that and we don't have to be meta slaves because you know unless you play heroes one through to five you're just fucking throwing because you must play these heroes the game is way healthier when we're not currently in a mirror match. And the, the one criticism I think I actually kind of agree with, even though, I, again, I don't think the nuances there when they argue this point, I can see the, the baseline values. And, you know, a lot of the casual audience who have criticism about the Overwatch League, it's like the Overwatch Esports, is like, I find it hard to watch because it's just all, it's boring because it's all mirror matches. I'm like, you're dumb, but also you. I kind of see your point. I do yeah. see your point a little bit. I, I can actually kind of empathize, empathize with that because I also don't really enjoy mirror matchups. I would prefer if they were less mirrored. And when I say less mirrored, even just one hero being different, even if it's like you know mm -hmm. one team has an Ash, one team has an Sojin, like even that kind of change up works. Than nothing, yeah. just something. So you know, but but I I would like to see completely different places. I, I my favorite matchups happened last year in 2021 when we have hard dive versus hard brawl and how the teams interacted there and tried to like work against each other they have very different win conditions and so how the interaction works in that matchup is really good to see it's like getting to watch terran versus zerg instead of terran terran zerg zerg and protoss protoss all the time the matchup and how they win is very different and exploring True. that difference is much, it's a much better viewing experience uh and it's a better playing experience because you know people who are one tricking can still, can can be demonized a lot less and if you're good at something, you can just make it work. I, I would much prefer that game. And actually, to me, is a far more strategic game than Rock, Paper, Scissors, because now your viability increases, your creativity increases in terms of what is your answer to a problem in the game? The problem being produced in the game is here is a specific hero or a composition from the other side that's causing problems. How do we solve that? What is our way to solve that? It's not just, oh, pick paper when they have rock or just mirror them. It's we have a lot of options now. What are we good at? What are the what are our different options? What are our, what are our soft counters? And how do we build the comp that can actually deal with that? That is that that's to me real strategic depth. That's what strategic depth actually means, not just picking paper when the other team is rock. Yeah, and if if that's what we're we're looking for, then we need to make that known. Um, and maybe that's something that we see. Uh, you know, pay or how do I how do I say this? Like voted. Voted with eyes and paychecks or, or wallets, rather, right? Like when we're we're buying the battle passes, when we're tuning into the Overwatch League, when it is that or when it isn't that, right? Um, because I think the the argument that I think most people are trying to get to eventually, or maybe not a maybe not the argument, but like the world that they see for this game is like this inevitable like draft phase. Where like you're drafting a pool of heroes that you have to like swap to, and if I don't have the tools, then like I can't play it. And like again, that's just so theoretical and so <clears throat> far in the future that like we can't we can't argue with something that like is just so ethereal. I think Avril, I think you had said it kind of best there, where it, it is just so like fluid, and you can't really grab hold of it I mean, because just, then it just kind of slips through your fingers I'll and just, it morphs into something else. I'll just say it like I'll, I'll fucking say people people are gonna dislike this example. I'm, I don't care. Like every game does this. Okay, you play you play you play League of Legends right now, and League of Legends does still have counters. They're not. I don't think League of Legends has like hard hard counters anymore as well, which is good. But like 
you're not going to have full access to the entire 140 champion roster. You're not. If you're a new player, you have like fucking less than 20 champions out of a pool of 140. You're missing a lot. And you're missing a lot of the real meta shit as well. Guarantee you're missing a lot of the meta shit. Thankfully, at a, at a casual level, the once again, the meta doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, tell people that and they freak out because they think they they think it's, it's funny how like casual players either either don't care about meta or care way too much about it, even though it doesn't affect them at all. And this um, this this is a broad gaming thing as well. This is not just an us thing. To be fair, but yeah, like it's I, it, my 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 overall point. If it's not a problem in those other games, it's not a problem here. And yes, people are gonna instantly they're gonna clap back and be like, "Yeah, but um, uh, heroes and Overwatch are more unique." And uh, you even said that yourself. Yep, I did say that myself, and I do agree with that. But I, I, I don't see that as a major problem until, like, could it become again? We're gonna get into the etherealness of of like mm-hmm. you know, of the of the of the theory here. Uh, and I, by the way, I saw one comment that was like, yeah, but what if in a year from now, so by the way, like, dude, in a year from now, we're only going to have three more heroes. So you might want to, yeah. you might want to add another zero <laughs> at the back of that. Your, your numbers are a little bit low there, guy. It's like, you know, it's like if someone was like, yeah, but what if in, uh, what if in two years we invented time travel? You might want to, you might want to increase that to more like a hundred years or a thousand years. I think you're playing with a, a little, two little numbers here. I might want to increase that. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's. Okay, let's have it in a hundred years. This game's not going to be alive in a hundred years. But in a hundred years, how many heroes are we going to get? I don't know. Fucking three hundred heroes. And then now you only have thirty-five out of three out of three hundred thirty-five heroes. Okay, I guess you have a point. I guess you have a point. But uh, I would like to imagine, well before we even get close to that, we're going to have efficient ways to deal with it because the the reality is, and I've also had this explained to me. Not that I needed explanation, but it's good hearing it from uh, internals as well in terms of their perspective. Is the reality of Overwatch 2 and the hero releases is if you own Overwatch 1, you're going to get every hero. If you do not have Overwatch 1 and you're a new player, but you do play in Season 1, you're going to have 34 out of 35 heroes. So unless you think Kariko is like so Omega Giga busted, which she's not, uh, I don't think anyone who's play tested her, including all the creators, and everybody thinks she's gigabust. And by the way, they haven't. They they would tell you if it was because they have a direct incentive to fucking want to tell you that because that generates content clicks, right? That's they want to tell you Kariko is fucking Omega Buster so that you click on their fucking video. That's that's by the way, it's such a weird thing. It's like basically going to the doc. You know the whole going to the doctor's thing, going like point where it hurts. There, 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 and your finger is broken. Like to say, basically, like. Well, what if the new hero is broken and then I can't play the new broken hero? Well, the problem then isn't that you don't have the new broken hero. The problem is that the hero is broken, bro. Like it shouldn't be broken. That's the thing you should be which, mad at. Which will then get fixed. Yes. Yeah, and then I'm then I'm telling you like first of all she's not broken because the people that have all the people that have played her, no one's fucking saying she's broken. Right? Yeah, and, but like, granted may, maybe we haven't had enough gameplay yet, but uh, you know like Avril, what what happens when you have uh, meta games like when Anna is played and the the, the pros they they don't understand see, how strong she is. Uh no, see everyone gets mad at me when <laughs> they think I'm being condescending, but no one ever has a go at Joe. Joe gets free passes all the time. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, I, I think on. it's funny and I laugh at it. But like people who are uh, like, Avril, Avril. Uh, he, he's, he's such uh, such a big ego, and uh, uh, I do. That's besides the point, though. That's that's <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. Um, 
I, I earned that shit. I worked hard for that shit. So, you know, when you work hard in your life, you can also get yourself a nice big ego. Uh, you know, work a day in your life, you'll find out. Um, I'm only kidding. Or am I? Um, <laughs> so the point is, the point is, uh, well, fuck, what is the point? The point is, is like, yeah, if, if like you said, yes, if she's, if the hero is broken, the problem is that the, the, the hero is broken. Not that you don't have the hero. But that being said, is because here's the other thing, and I'll, this is where this is where I'm, I, I'm like fully willing to empathize. I'm not saying there's no issue. I'm not saying that people like complaining have like nothing to complain about. I think there is something to complain about. I think there is a justification there. But there's a level of conducting the 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 argument and conducting the campaign that doesn't need to get into hyper hyperbolic ultra theoretical territory that we can leave grounded. Here's here's a, here's a legitimate argument that uh, even I I I will very very strongly get behind, which is like, what if I just want to play the new hero and like I don't feel like paying. Sure, money. What if I'm fair. what if I'm what if I'm mega fucking poor? Let's imagine this. I'm extremely poor. And I just can't afford to pay 10 bucks every however long, nine weeks or whatever. Yep. Like, it's just not within my budget, which is fair enough. I, 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 don't, I, I didn't even say that in like a patronizing, weird way. Right. That, that's a legitimate look. I've, you know, money's tight. I got to pay rent. If you're a kid, like, well, not even that. If you're a kid, if you're sure. a kid, you don't have a, if I'm 14 and I don't have a fucking job, I can't afford to buy a battle pass. Yeah. Right. Which is also, by the way, a lie because 14 year olds playing Fortnite seem to have all the skins. I don't know how they Shout do that. Shout out to the V-Bucks. Apparently, their parents are rich, and that's how it works. Steal your mom's credit card, apparently. But let's pretend that they have no money. I get it. Maybe you can't buy a battle pass. Is and you want to play the new hero? Is it fair? Or is it? It's not oh, well, okay. Let's not use the word fair. That's probably the wrong word. Is it a good experience, a healthy experience for a player in that situation where they actually can't actually buy a battle pass, or maybe they just really don't want to buy a battle pass? And the hero takes too long to unlock, and they just feel like it's too much of a grind. They can't play the content that they want. All right? Is that an acceptable situation? And you know, I get behind that. I think that's if that's the if that's the complaint, I fully get behind that because I, I there 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 will be games where like maybe I don't care about maybe you don't really care about Overwatch. You just want to try it here, but you can't because uh, I could I could play games that I don't particularly care about, and if I can't get access to the thing, I might just that just might be a bridge too far for me, and I might leave the game. And that's legitimate. I think that's a truly legitimate situation. That's not even that hyperbolic. That's pretty grounded in reality, right? You know, we're not we're not talking about um, aliens or asteroids hitting the Earth, uh, both of which are real, by the way. And um, you know, we're, we're talking about a real situation where like someone just might not have the patience to get fifty-five levels of a battle pass, of which we still don't know how long it's meant to be. I've heard it's something like twenty hours, but it depends. I don't I don't know. That's not a solid info. Um, Karku says it's something like some other some some creators who have been there say it's like in the 20 to 30 range or the 20 to 40 range something like that i don't know um it really depends on your level of commitment to the game as well because you also earn different xp from different activities mm. um is it fair i mean that's a discussion i feel like it's worthwhile we're pretty deep into this discussion but it's like this 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 is a level where i'm willing to play ball here and it's like is is 55 levels a good experience for like a truly free player, for someone that would truly wants to play free. I think free to play like as a as like a style of playing games these days is always going to be a little arduous. And with the limited data that we have from like just again, you know, 
experience from us playing games and like how we've seen certain games like evolve usually things start pretty aggressive in terms of like how much time you actually have to invest versus you know in a year in two years in five years in 10 years um how much easier it is to actually you know achieve or unlock heroes um i use uh League of legends i use multiple like I don't know if I can say Siege is a, is a great example. I don't know if I have a great understanding of how that scene works, but I feel like it's bit, it's gotten a little bit easier than what it used to be, but I'll, I'll be proven wrong if, if that's not the case. But I'll use League as an as example because it's a big example. Um, the game is difficult, or at least it was. League of Legends was difficult to unlock heroes. It took forever. It took so long to unlock like a brand new hero, like a 6300 champ. These days, there are so many champions. There are so many easy ways to occur, whatever it is these days, blue essence. It used to be IP. Shout outs to the real ones who remember. Um, that it, it, it becomes a little, it's, it's not a thought about like, oh, I need to unlock a champion. Like, yeah, when you're a fresh account, it's a little bit harder because maybe you don't have, you know, your favorite hero or maybe the heroes on free rotation are a little bad, vice versa, whatever. But it, it becomes very easy to get. Now that doesn't speak to what it is now. And yes, 55 levels. It's all it's you know, it's it's up there. But it's not the same game. And I and I really want to drive that home. This is not Overwatch one. I think we're all I think I speak for most people in agreement that Overwatch 2 is a better game experience. Hand over fist. It's not close. This is what the game should have been. Um, I, I'm also seeing that through my own anecdotal experience and through like people vocalizing that on social media, right? I don't know how many times people are like, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, like 5v5 actually kind of works and it's kind of better, like in a weird way. Like it feels good to play. It feels more impactful. It feels like I have control over my destiny when I play the game. So 55 levels isn't Overwatch 1 55 levels. It's this new experience that we haven't had in like a few months because the betas were rolled out and also very staggered and like we don't have like these cool skins to kind of chase after we don't we didn't even have a carrot on a stick and people were receptive to it right people were just like oh this is a beta wow this is a lot better than what it used to be and now we're adding a carrot to that where we have crazy genji skins that you can spray paint yourself and colorize and i i don't even get the whole gist of it right you have a massive carrot in front of you and you're only kind of looking at like the hero unlock, which again is important. Agreed. If I want to just log in and play the new hero and I can't, that feels really shitty. But that's also not what we're getting right now because we know that Kiriko is going to be free with the Founders Pack. Whatever. We also know that we're going to be allowed to play Junker Queen and Sojourn, which are two very novel heroes that maybe majority of the player base hasn't had a ton of time to play or still hasn't like formed an opinion on. Or maybe they haven't like fell in love with him yet, right? There's so many other like orbiting factors that makes this a little bit more palatable that we're not talking about that I think this is a little disingenuous. Again, I think it goes back to the idea that, oh, this is a change. I don't like change because our brains are wired to be comfortable. Yada, yada, yada. I get it. I sympathize. I'm also that person. But you also have to be <clears> like <throat> aware enough to go. It's going to be fine. You're going to play the game. It's going to be sick. You're going to get Kiriko and you're going to have a good time with him. Right. By the way, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. The whole fifty-five levels thing that's still that can still be changed. Yeah, like if it's if it's shown that it's like not good and like most people aren't getting the hero within a reasonable amount of time, 
And they'll like change if, it. If most, like if most players who want the hero can't get it for free within two weeks, in two weeks, I'm, I'm specifically saying two weeks because that sure. is the time that she's locked out of um, ranked four at the start of yes. each season or like what it, whatever new hero is locked out of ranked four every new season, mm-hmm. then I would say it's taking too long. If it takes a, a player who plays semi-regularly more than two weeks, that's a bit much. Fair. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll be willing to get into that territory. I think that's um, a fair argument to have. Let me, let, me, let me talk about something in regards to battle passes as a philosophy in Overwatch. Um, one thing they also announced in the blog post was prestige tiers of the battle pass, which means after you complete the battle pass at level 80, beyond that, you have prestige levels, and prestige levels grant you uh, exclusive like prestige rewards, which are like title cards and stuff that you basically just allow you to show off and be like, hey, I played a fuck ton of the season. That's basically all it's worth. It's like, it, it doesn't really have any other value unless you care about that. Yeah. <clears throat> but the point is, the fact that there's prestige in there and that's something that is like a factor and, and um, they're expecting that people are going to finish the battle pass. Like here's, here's the thing about battle passes. Battle passes are designed to be finished, right? If you can't finish a battle pass, then it defeats the point of a battle pass. The battle pass is to give you value over time to allow you to come back um, and, and continue playing. And people, if you can't finish the content of the entire battle pass within a reasonable amount of time in the season, then people are going to stop getting the battle pass. So for a battle pass to be successful, you have to expect that a, a, a large majority of people who regularly play the game are going to finish the battle pass and an extremely dedicated people I'm not only going to finish the battle pass, but I'm going to prestige the battle pass and get some extra rewards. Sure. That's kind of how it goes. Um, and and the length of the battle pass wildly differs between different games. And I'm, I'm going to bring up this oh, example. Sure. I played first season of Diablo Immortal. Mm-hmm. I don't play anymore because I just don't think the content is there. I didn't. I I don't particularly care about the pay to win stuff because I didn't. I don't interact with the PvP, and I'm not going to. This is not going to end up being a Diablo Immortal discussion anyway. <laughs> I don't have to justify. I don't have to justify why I played it for a month. Oh. I was curious. I, I like Diablo. I wanted to try a game. Anyway, I don't I don't play anymore. The point is, in that first month, in that first season Diablo Immortal, I finished the entire battle pass, front to back, the full fucking battle pass, in under a week. Somewhere between four and seven days, I finished the battle pass. <clears throat> Straight up. No lie. I finished it in under a week. So there's no precedent. That's not, that's not half the battle. That's not 55 levels. That's the 100%, the full fucking thing. All of it. I finished mm-hmm. and okay did i play a lot of the game i would say i played a quite a reasonable amount but i don't think i i didn't play it like a full-time streamer level you know i logged in every day and, and played until i got bored and i played several hours per day but i wasn't like going ridiculous i didn't finish in one um whereas you look at the valorant battle pass and that'll take you like even if you're a quite a regular player like i i remember when i was coaching um, Valorant and I, you know, I, I literal players playing on my team who were scrimming and playing the game competitively and playing ranked all the time. And I remember even some of them were like, "Holy shit, I don't have a lot of time left in the season to finish the battle pass." I'm like, "These guys are playing the game daily." Give it granted that they, they you know, their time to play the game is probably a little bit limited because they have to scrim as well, so they're they're not playing the game as much as a streamer would. But like, they're still playing the game pretty fucking regularly, and people that are playing the game that regularly still like. I think they all did finish the battle pass, but like, if, if you even have to question, like, shit, how much more am I going to have to play to finish the battle pass? Am I going to run out of time? If you even get into that stage, the battle pass is fucking long. 
I never, I've never finished a Valorant battle pass ever. Uh, and granted, I don't play that much Valorant, but like, True. even as like, but I would consider myself a casual player, and I've got no shot of finishing the battle pass as a casual player. Just saying. Um, maybe I'll maybe different people have different definitions of what casual is, but I'll just put it from my perspective. So you have on one end of the scale very long fucking battle passes, and on the other end of the scale extremely short battle passes. We got no precedent for how long it is. What is eighty levels? Ten thousand. What is it? Ten thousand XP per level. How quickly do you earn XP? We have no precedent. We we don't know, right? So it's like it's really hard to tell. Um, and I I again my 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 bar that I'll set is like as long as people can get the hero within two weeks. That's probably okay to me. And they also announced like there's a bunch of other game modes where you can still play the hero. Uh like Mystery Heroes is a pretty big one. You can get you can randomly roll her in Mystery Heroes and some other special events. Like obviously you can play her in Junkensteins, right? So yeah. Seems reasonable to me. I, I just don't I think it's like it's not as it's not ideal, but it's just it's part of free to play. And I and I think that's just the yeah. bed you have to live in. You have to bid you it's the bed you have to lie in. It is. It's just one of those changes that are, you know, par for the course. It's it's time we modernize things. And while there is some concern, theoretically, this is a move in the right direction. The battle pass is a move in the right direction. 5v5 is a move to the right direction. All, everything that Overwatch has done since its inception has been in the best interest of the game and its player base. And it has been successful. Rollock was successful. No hero limits being removed or, or hero limiting was successful right you can still go back in like twitter advanced search overwatch telling people the, the over play overwatch account on twitter telling people that having six torbs on a team was part of the gameplay experience you can you can look that up that is something you can do i have those screenshots everything that this development team for better or worse has changed majority of the time has been in the best interest of this game and this is no different is it different? Is it a change? Is it not comfortable? Yes. Once we get our hands on the game in October, I think everybody's opinions are going to change. I think this is not going to be a discussion. I think this is a knee-jerk reaction due to some, you know, some some interesting points being levied in, like you said, a hyperbolic way. I think there is room for concern. I think that's that's a healthy thing to have. It is concerning because it's different. We don't know what it looks like. Is it aggressive? Is 55 too much? We don't know. But until we get it, we can't really criticize it too heavily. It's yeah. Is it does it sound like a lot? Maybe we haven't gotten it yet. Everything is we have to wait till October. This league gets better once the game's out in October. We just have to get to October. I promise you, if you have any hang ups about this game, this is coming from somebody who knows next to nothing and has no information. I mean, things will be better once we are, get the game. There are certain hangups that this game won't fix. Like if you sure. truly love six v six and you truly are lamenting the yeah. death of Overwatch One, I'm sorry, uh, that sucks. This, this, yeah, this game, this, nothing can be done for you. I apologize. This, this really isn't anything. Um, I would tell just you to wait, try other games, but there, but there, are, but there are no other games. No, I don't, they won't. That's the other <laughs> problem is that people think people think there's going to be a classic. Yeah, maybe an arcade one day. Maybe yeah, maybe in a fucking arcade mode one day. But like, you can't just like, yeah, no. Uh, Releasing a classic. You, do people not understand? I know, I know, it's a good fucking meme. Yeah. This is not a PVE. It's about to be a PVE game, but currently it's not a PVE game. Even when it is, <laughs> we're talking about Overwatch One. Which yeah. was not like that game. Which one is a PvP game? There's no, yeah. like the 
motherfucker, where's the League of Legends classic? Where's and, and by the way, don't don't tell me Riot aren't that they 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 are like any other company who wants to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna fucking convince me that Tencent doesn't want to fucking make money, okay? Uh, we're not even gonna get in there. Uh, no. multiplayer PvP competitive games don't do this classic bullshit. Right. That doesn't yeah, happen. That doesn't make sense. So let's. I, for, there there's some people that are saying it's a good meme. Ha ha! I agree. Funny. And then there's a lot of people who actually legitimately believe it. And then I'm just like, Yo, that's no. sad. That's very yeah. sad that you believe that. And if and if there is a community for it in the next you know X amount of years, then you can just throw it in like the the, the arcade mode, right? Like Overwatch yeah. Classic. So like, they can create a game that you'll like. So. Yeah, and then there's um, then there's the people who think that for forty dollars or sixty dollars that they spent six years ago, they should have all content forever free forever. Um, and I here's my favorite line: Overwatch Two isn't the Overwatch I paid for. Yeah, neither is Overwatch One because depending on when you paid for it, yeah, a major patch introducing either roll lock or fucking roll mm-hmm. limits or fucking X or Y other major update that significantly changed the game. Yeah, you didn't pay for that either, did you? Uh, that's still not the Overwatch One game you paid for. That's just you don't you don't understand how live service games work if you're trying to use that argument. Um, anything else from this battle pass that we we really need to go over? So they have a seasonal model, they have a cyberpunk theme going on. It took us we went the wrong way. I, my plan originally was to go through the battle pass and then talk about the details, but then Yiska's like, you know what? Let's get into the theory of uh, the hero. And the battle pass. I'm like, fuck it. I guess we have to get into that now. Thanks, Yuska. Um, actually, this is a good one. The the whole challenges and coins part. This is important. Uh, I feel like this has gone under the radar a bit, and there's not enough people talking about this. You can confirm, don't have this confirmed, each season of gameplay for free. This is a part of the free part of the model. Don't mm-hmm. have to pay a cent for this. You can earn in-game currency by completing weekly challenges and you can earn up to i believe 60 per week if you complete all living challenges uh which rounds out to 540 per seasons it's nine weeks of gameplay nine times 60. um a battle pass costs 1000 credits so in two seasons you will earn enough credits and enough coins to buy one battle pass premium uh, for people that are saying like, well, you know, you can't get it every season. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. You're not going to get it every season, but you are going to get it every season that there is a hero. Yeah. So as long as you are not spending your coins on other things, your free coins will always guarantee that you can get the premium battle pass when a new hero releases so that you never have to grind for the hero. And for people that regularly play the game, you will you will get these free coins. These challenges are not hard. The challenges are literally like, Win seven games of quick play. That's legitimately one of the challenges, right? It's it's not that tough to get these challenges done. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound difficult, and I think that's this is going to be the understatement of the century. It's designed that way, and I think this is probably the single most important thing that they've added to Overwatch. I think this this. Ends up resulting in a number of things. I think this increases player retention, which means that like the average game like plateau. Like you ever look at like Steam charts and you see like every like after like three months of a game's release, you see like the the average player base kind of like dip out. I think we extend that out with with systems like this that in, like not only incentivize you to keep playing, but gives you a sense of progression, gives you like some reward that is tangible that I can spend on a lot of things. Like pre- private or prior to the show, Yesko was talking about like 
you know, it's going to burn a hole in your pocket and it's and it's going to be like really fun to like, oh, do I want this skin or I could wait and pay for this hero. And like, maybe that's not necessarily a good thing, but it increases the amount of people that are playing the game. And that's what I think we've been asking for for a really long time is that this game has needed something to have you return outside of just the core gameplay experience, which has also been pretty good. That has also been refined and has improved. This is this is just such another like step forward for this game that I agree, Avril. This is this is not being talked about enough because this is this not only incentivizes people, but it rewards them with actual currency. And not to it's not to sound like a bit connect like crypto bro, but like we know how popular Overwatch has been in the past. This is going to Still make is, this by game the way. Explode. People don't think people keep saying it's a dead game. They don't see the player numbers. It's pretty high. For a dead sure. game, the player numbers are fucking high. Just yeah. saying. And I think they're I think I think we are on the fast track to becoming a pop culture hit once again. And I will be I will eat all the crow. I will eat my shoe. I will I will jump rope with Yuska if I need to. <laughs> but I, I genuinely believe we are back to like putting Lucio on, you know boxes of cereal and having kids like identify these things and be like oh tracer you know really pop culture like a phenomena I, I i believe that wholeheartedly opium it's because of like this. so yeah i'm uh, just trying to scan the battle pass blog to see if there's anything else interesting there that we haven't really talked about we talked about the content of the battle pass we talked about talked to death about the theory of this whole paywall thing at the end of the day, um, the the final conclusion on that is like I I accept that it is it it is worse than what we had. No one disagrees with that. I, you know, I said that earlier. It is worse than what we had. But you know, I I see the long term vision is that you need to build a sustainable financial model for the game that justifies continued support of the game. Again, mm -hmm. the word justify. And the word support are very important in that conversation. Those are very specific words I've entered into that because I think those are the most important words to use. Um, it's a long-term vision of the game. I think too many people that are stuck on the hill that they're trying to die on for this whole criticism of it, and some of the criticism is fair, some of the criticism is really ridiculous, some of it is quite fair, but they're all trying to die on the same hill. Um, the people the people there, excuse me, they, they are missing the forest for the trees. Yes. And never in my life have I seen a situation where that that phrase is more accurate. And the reason <laughs> I say that is because I think these people are genuinely not either either by choice or just subconsciously not able to see the long term vision. Mm -hmm. And they're they're very much just looking at the immediate thing that is that is arm's length away from them right now. And the response is well, this I'm in Overwatch One play, and this is worse than Overwatch One. Why should I support this? This is bad, and I can see that perspective, but I think it's very narrow sighted. I think it's very uh, the very narrow view. If you want to play a successful game that will get constant updates, that will be able to justify those constant updates, and by the way, high quality updates. We've already talked to death about how good the battle pass looks compared to other battle passes and other games. The quality of the content you're going to get mm -hmm. in that, and that's on top of you know other content like seasonal events that'll always be there. Um, the PVE that they're still working on. A lot of people think that this is the final product of Watch 2. This is not, oh, it's not access, the final product of Watch 2. This, we're still waiting for this gigantic PVE that's coming in. And trust, yeah. trust yes. me, it's fucking coming, and it's going to be big. 
um, that's that's a core part of the Overwatch 2 experience that is still not here because they they had to you know make sure that we could get a release ready. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have we wouldn't even have this game until next year yeah. if it wasn't for them speeding ahead and making sure PvP was ready. Decoupling. So, so yeah, there, there's when you when you really look at the long term vision, mm. you can see that this is. This is this is this is just acceptable loss. This is like an acceptable evil that I'm willing to tolerate in order to get a successful long term game that can last for a very long time that people want to return to and play that I want to return to and play. Um, that has a lot to look forward to that people don't even know about. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think I'm, you say something like very operative there. Return. Overwatch One never really gave you a reason to return outside of like the seasonal skins, right? Where it's like, oh, that's a cool skin. I wouldn't mind grinding that out. So you get on, you play a couple. Now you have reasons to log in every day, and this isn't like a wow chore. So all the all the Shadowlands nerds pipe down. It's this isn't like borrowed power or anything. We're not like we're not going crazy here. But what this does do is it incentivizes you. It gives you a reason to return. You want to complete the battle pass so you can get that crazy Genji skin or you can unlock the new hero or at least grind out enough credits so that when there is a new hero out, you can unlock them too, right? There is a sense of exclusivity when you have a hero and somebody else doesn't, right? As much as like that is like a little toxic, I think we all have that within us, right? This is this is such a this is a step in a step backwards, I agree. But it, it lays the groundwork for so evil. many steps forward. I agree. It's a necessary 100%. evil. It's a necessary downside to what I believe is a gigantic upside because yes. every single game that goes free to play sees a major increase in player base numbers. That's yeah. a fact. It is. That's a fact. It 100% is, and that helps us on the Overwatch League side as well. Again, there's another discussion to be had on how we transition those players into Overwatch League fans. We'll pin that for another day. But... Like I've brought up on as analogy before, like you need people in the restaurant for them to order food. You can't you can't sell food to people who don't come into your establishment, right? In this in this hypothetical scenario, we don't have DoorDash, okay? We don't have ghost kitchens. You need people in the restaurant. So how do you get them in the restaurant? You open the doors, you let it be free to play, you incentivize them to come in, you 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 give them a carrot on the stick that's dipped in meth, right? Get, get, just loop it up with all kinds of crazy narcotics, right? Let them. Get addicted to it. And I hate saying that because like we don't need that rhetoric around gaming. But I think there is something to be had about losing and kind of escaping through gaming and just like grinding something out. I think there is something fun just, about that. I think you can do I, that now with Overwatch. I just don't like the people who are simultaneously proud of the fact that they never paid for any post-launch content in Overwatch 1. And like, or just in general, like, I don't pay for anything. Uh, oh, and also, why are they no longer supporting the game? Well, yeah. it's like, okay, you you don't understand the problem with that conversation? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I think so there yeah, is, man. I think there is going to be a community that it like does play this game free to play. It's going to be incredibly small. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you want to have pride in no, that, like, that's cool. Well, actually, go for it. Most people, most people, it's, I think it's generally noted that most people play the game free to play if they can. Probably. But eventually, if they if they enjoy the game enough, they eventually buckle yeah. and buy something they like. Yes, um, which is fair. Been there. Yep. So yeah, you know, I thought for the people that are used to free to play games and see it as like a see it for what it is, um, as long as there's not like aggressive, ag aggressively, or oh, egregiously aggressive things in it, like actual pay to win. I don't consider heroes locked behind paywalls to be pay to win. Otherwise, Apex, Valorant. League of Legends are all pay-to-win games, and I don't think people view them as pay-to-win games. Anyone who seriously looks at that, 
I mean, you don't even have to own all the champions to play ranked in League of Legends or anything, or, or Valorant for that fact. And um, and no, I don't care that you can swap heroes in Overwatch. Stop using that as a justification. Uh, we've I've fucking talked to that to death as well. Spent a fucking hour talking about yeah. that, so not going back to that conversation. You could literally remove hero swapping, and I don't think the game would change for like ninety percent of players. Honestly, I do believe. That. Um, yeah. Any further? further conclusions here before you log out i think that's oh, i'm uh, excited i think yeah. i think we've we've talked we've been a little like apathetic or if anything a little like negative to the community but i think this this news drop is, is, it, apathy? is it apathy I, I, it's it's hard to say it's it's gray i i see this as like a I very just, like gray and like almost like kind of angry discussion I mean, because of accept, the reaction I, I just accept reality i don't, I don't know i live sure. in i live in i live in the gritty real world Okay. And this is this is the gaming industry. I don't know. Like I feel like some people live in a weird fantasy land where they think like they think companies don't make don't want to make money. I don't know. Like I, Yeah, or they don't need to make money to also like meet the needs that you want because you want a game that's updated and to fund a game that is updated at the pace that you need, and, you need to also make money. And just and so because I know someone's going to I know there's going to be someone that will say this is like yeah, but why didn't they just do this Overwatch 1 and kept Overwatch 1 going because it wasn't fucking making money anymore. Yeah. And before somebody brings up, yeah, but they made a billion dollars in loot boxes. Yes, in 2017. Yeah. Tell me how much money they made in 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. It, I fucking, I can tell you, it plummeted off a cliff after that 2017 year. Yeah, you don't so, make these big changes without like like cutting at the bottom line, right? Like you don't just randomly change things up if things you can't, are going you swimmingly. Can't be some, you can't be someone who brags about never having bought a loot box and then being surprised mm. pikachu face when blizzard says they can't make money off overwatch one anymore yeah you don't you don't get to be both both people in that situation you know what i'm saying like yeah i agree, I agree. that said i think this is super exciting i'm jazzed i want to play kiriko i think she's designed incredibly well it, this only furthers my my refound trust in the design philosophy yeah. of this game i think they're also their design philosophy also is mimicked within the characters that they're producing. So you can kind of tangibly see like, hey, they're not just like chatting shit. They're not saying one thing and doing something completely different, right? They're doing yeah. what they're saying. And the things that they're they're ended, they're like they're executing with, like Kiriko and Junker Queen and, and New Doomfist or whatever you want to kind of point to are so fun. People want to play these heroes. People are drawn to these heroes. And that's such a breath of fresh air. Because I think there was also just like this this contingent of the community that is like, oh, like, what is 5v5 going to give us? Like, we don't know what these heroes are going to look like. And they're so much better than what they were. Um, this is not Orisa. This is not Brig. Like, these are actionable, fluid, dynamic heroes that are fun to play. Giska, final thoughts? We're done? Um, generally speaking, I'm pogging. Uh, finally, like, we're getting some good shit. I think of the expectations I had for content going forward i mm. think we're in the upper 25 percent of what i would have expected so we're like definitely overshooting my expectations here um i like the incentive structures created i would maybe like to have a discussion if 55 is maybe a little high all of that yep. is um, is fine with me, though. Uh, generally speaking, looking forward to what we get to see. 
also very much anticipating the impact of PvE that it will have on the <coughs> on the scene. <coughs> Shit, I, I made you sick through the internet, my and, bad. And I will also, like, I'm crossing my fingers that this eventually translates into esports viewers, of course. Cool. Well, I'm ready for new Overwatch. I'm ready for it. So, uh, obviously, we didn't talk about Summer Showdown here. No time. Too much news. We're going to have to talk about Summer Showdown and all the drama that occurred over the past week as well, because there definitely was drama uh, on a future episode, which will come out at a future date to be decided, but it'll be before next week. That's for sure. Or actually, if we want to be really tricky about it, maybe we'll just do it next week. I don't know. Find out. Keep up with socials. 262 coming at you whenever it's coming at you with 261 done hope you'll enjoy Overwatch 2 if not i'm sorry i hope whatever other game you play instead will will live up to whatever your expectations are uh but those of you that are going to pog out like me i'll see you out there I'll see you on the servers catch you later